The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Big Sills! You know, I ask you this question all the time. And I'll continue to ask you this question as we move on now. What's more important to the Philadelphia Eagle management team and their owner? Control or winning a Super Bowl? I think we're watching it unravel in front of us. The evils, the Eagles have completely unraveled. You're watching a Chernobyl meltdown at the Novacare Center. And it's it's been a slow meltdown. And over the last month, that meltdown has picked up. On the field meltdown. Players melting down. Coaches melting down. GM and front office melting down. The game last night was a result of all that. The game is almost a non-conversation today. You can break down what happened, but we've been watching this the whole time. We've been watching it. Some of you have been denying it. I haven't. I've never been jaded by your record. You have. Some of you. Since day one. Since the first game against New England when I said, boy, Jalen Hurts looks like he's protecting himself. Ah, Cilio, you're making shit up again. That was just a precursor to what was going to happen the entire year. Different philosophy compared to 2022. Everything that Howie Roseman put a Band-Aid on last year has come off. And it's come off this year. His Band-Aids aren't working. If he was executive of the year last year, this year, he's a candidate to be fired. A pure candidate. I am here to pay my penance. We trash right now. LJ. LJ, do you know what's so sad about what you're saying? I've been telling you this the whole time. This shit is self-inflicted. You have taken a gun to yourself and done this. You really think Seattle, we're going to get to what happened. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. The numbers are stupid. 
You're, the numbers are completely stupid. You're in the process of destroying Jalen Hurts. This will be a slow burn because of his character. It was a fast burn with Wentz. You burned Doug out of the building. You went scorched earth on Wentz. And you're going to do the same thing to Jalen Hurts. You put incompetent people around people. This is what you get. No matter how talented you are. You know, I, I heard Tone and I've heard all of our shows and I've heard people on the radio. I don't get it. We have so much talent on offense. That's not the point. When you put incompetence around talent, you still get incompetence. Jalen Hurts is Willie Beaming, can't read defenses. They're telling you since day one he can't. But that's not uncommon to young quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow constantly say they're still learning to read defenses, but not in Philly. It's not a rip to say he struggles at reading defenses. Every quarterback goes through that. The predictable Eagles will be one and done. Hurts RG3. Listen, we get here. Save your super chats for a second. Let me get through this open here. No matter what you did, Matt Patricia, Jim Johnson, Bud Carson, Wade Phillips, name some of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. It wouldn't have mattered last night. That's a fundamental decision from ownership and analytics and Howie. I've been telling you since day one, the coaches are irrelevant. They are completely irrelevant. They're, they're the front people. They're, they're irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You guys are on Brian Johnson for the demise of Jalen Hurts. This is one man's responsibility this year, and it is 100% on the desk of Howie Roseman. Howie, you took bows last year. It's time to get your ass kicked this year and today. You failed miserably. You are the reason for the chaos in the building, and we've always known it. You are a control freak. You need control more than you need to have talented people around talented people. You have a $50 million quarterback, and everyone's now blaming Brian Johnson. So you know what you did? You're, you're, you're fast-forwarding the development of Jalen Hurts, and for some reason you went with this experimental first-year offensive coordinator, and you thought he was going to turn into what? Andy Reid? The organization is the king of destroying quarterbacks, and most notably, Howie Roseman. One person is to blame, the general manager. Plain and simple. The way they practice. Jalen said it, code. The way we practice, 
That's the way Nick and how we want them to practice. They don't put the work in. Howie Roseman is 100% responsible for the hirings, for the chaotic week. Dude, the Seattle Seahawks game really was just the exclamation point on what has to be one of the worst weeks in the franchise's history. Incompetence everywhere. You really expect Sean Desai or Matt Patricia to take Howie Roseman's garbage pails, players that have been cut, and have those guys turn into all pros? That's incredible to think that. Incredible. Jesus, criminy. What a colossal disaster. Your quarterback is playing. How about this? I'm not ready to go here. Can I tell you what your quarterback's playing like? Your quarterback is playing like a one-year wonder. I'm not ready to call him that. But he's playing like one. Can't read defenses. Hey, if you're too sick, don't play. That's You don't get excuses when you make $50 million. You don't get excuses. There's no excuses. If you're too sick to play, don't play. But then don't suck and then turn around and use it as an excuse. And by the way, that lame ass, we're not committed. Try not being so vague. Single the guy out. This guy needs to play harder. I need to play harder. The birds look like a team that has lost its confidence. Lost its confidence? What do you mean lost its confidence? That's a football team that everyone has caught up with. Can I tell you one of the most eye-opening things I heard last night on TV? I listened to Christian McCaffrey call two plays in a row just by your alignments. Do you know that McCaffrey and everyone in the league knows that the Eagles run five plays with different formations, but they're the same five plays. Doesn't matter if Brian Johnson's the coach. It doesn't matter if Shane Steichen's the coach. This is a fundamental issue that's on Howie Roseman's desk. He is 100% responsible for this because he's put people in position to fail. And you're dragging the quarterback down. Dude, the only reason that the birds are 10 and 4 is the quarterback. And he has sucked and you're hurting him. Dude, he's not getting good coaching. He's not getting good direction. People are melting down. AJ Brown's on Twitter. 
His new name is T.O. Brown. Dude, shut the fuck up. They need leadership right now, not an asshole. Shut the fuck up. That team needs a kick in the ass. Not a pat on the back. It needs a kick in the ass. You baby that team. Because the general manager is soft. We list the game due to bad offensive play calls, but tell me how bad Ringo was. Hey, let me say this to you. What are you talking about? Play calling. Play calling? How about player accountability? Jesus, criminy. Every time I hear it, I'm not saying he's doing a good job. But you start with the players. You don't start with the play calling. Here, I'll give you an example. Joe Brady. Kevin Petullo needs to take over play calls. Wait a minute. Let me ask you this. I'll show you this. Do you know why the Bills are on fire? Because, get this, Joe Brady had to show Josh Allen that he knew what he was doing and convince him to do other things. Once he bought in, Josh Allen's been on fire. And theoretically, a quarterback is on fire with 15 attempts. Because it was a team effort. You know what he saw? They coached him like they coached Michael Jordan, Josh Allen. Ain't about scoring titles. Ain't about passing yards and touchdowns. It's about winning the game. Win the game. Wait till you see the numbers. Dude, the game? The game was the story of the week. What you did last night, like I said, was just the ending to what a horrible week was. They didn't stick to the damn run sales. I did see that. They got away from it and floated away from it in the second half. And they were doing a great job. You know why? They lost their patience. And the quarterback lost his poise a bit. Dude, you were actually out coaching Carroll for much of the game. Ringo didn't play bad. It's telling how they went after Trashberry. Hey, I get it. James Bradbury was brutal last night. Dude. Let's take a look at the game. A complete and utter Chernobyl meltdown. You're now losing to shitty teams. You're not just losing to the good teams now. You don't have that excuse. You're now losing to shitty teams. Okay? Shitty. That's a shitty team. They're not good. Wide receiver on the numbers. Defensive tackle's good. A couple decent linebackers. Devin Witherspoon didn't even play. 
And you got beat by Drew Locke outplayed Jalen Hurts. Offense is predictable. Hurts is regressed. We're going to get there. You lost to a backup quarterback named Drew Locke. He'll never be a guy who's going to lift the Lombardi trophy. He'll always be a backup. You lost to a backup in a game that you could have put some distance with you and the Cowboys in. Now you're in a fight for your life. Sirianni defends Brian Johnson because he has to. You know why? That's where he spends the majority of his time. He's on the offensive side. That's why he defends him. It's not Jalen defending him. That buddy system thing has no bearing right now when you're treading water. This is everything to do with Sirianni. And in my opinion, Nick Sirianni looks like he's more involved in the play calling, and it sure looks like two and five. This is an offensive team run by a coach who is two and five, and it looks it. This looks like the same offense that you ran against Atlanta in 2021. It's everywhere. It's shitty. There's no continuity. Nick Sirianni's not a good play caller. Why he thinks he is? So you got a shitty play caller and an inexperienced guy working with Jalen Hurts and a first-year quarterback guy. You know what's funny? I hear people go, well, the kid was in the building. You know, he kind of know. Dude, when you're in a different role, hey, when you're a co-pilot and you're in the co-pilot seat, but you've been on the airplane with the guy. But then all of a sudden, when you get put in the pilot seat, do you think that's a different job? When you're a co-pilot, think about that. And then you're asked to be the pilot. Do you, th- even though you flew with the guy, don't you think that's a different chair to be in? It's not the same. It's not the same. Responsibilities are different. That's like telling me an offensive coordinator could be a head coach. We now know that's not true. Defending Brian Johnson? Who cares, Brian? Brian Johnson is not the problem. The organization's the problem. The analytics team is the problem. The direction of the offensive game plan's a problem. Matt Patricia, I didn't see any difference. Bring Frank Reich back. He isn't busy right now. Yeah, he is. He's counting his money from David Tepper. Completely agree I'm done with Sirianni. Last night was the offense that sucked. I actually thought the defense wasn't horrible, except for Trashberry. Funny, I've been talking like this all year. Some of you just haven't heard me. I'm sorry that today is a reality check for some of you. And I'm really not one of the guys that likes to do this, but I told you so. Every single thing that I said about this football team has panned out. You know what? I'll take that back. 
I thought the defense would actually get better. But because the offense didn't get better, it affected the defense. And that's why that defense is in the shape it's in. It's because they meddled too much in the offense. You know, maybe something to do with the illness, okay? I'll give him 5% on that. Eagles will be lucky to beat the Giants and Cardinals. Can Hurts divert from playing from the play that is called? Why did Hurts go along twice? Go along twice in the fourth? Because he was told to. I, you answered your own question. Why did Hurts go deep twice? Because they told him to. Hurts doesn't have a feel for the game right now. Hurts throws the ball where he's told to. That's why when you see guys wide open, he's not going to guys wide open because that's not where the analytic guys want him to throw the ball. You answer your own question. Eagles took away what made, right. They took away the RPO and they added their influence in the passing game. Jalen Hurts has no feel for that offensive game plan. You saw it last night. You completely saw it. Wide open dudes everywhere. And why did he go there? Because he's told to go somewhere else. It's a simple explanation. You know, quite frankly, I don't even think it's maybe even so that he can't read. I think he's being told where to go with the ball. You see, I want to make a point to you here. In college, offensive coordinators tell the quarterback where to throw the ball. In the pros, quarterback has to know where to throw the ball in his pre-snap reads and his checkdowns, and he has to know all that. In the pros, you have to know where to throw the ball. There's a difference between the college ranks being a quarterback and being a quarterback in the NFL. There lies the difference. I mean, Nick Sirianni was a train wreck this week and accumulated with last night's disaster. If we lose a division and get bounced round one, Nick will be gone. Uh, no way. Keeley needs to start over. Bradbury, we need an RPO. You, here, here's what's going to happen, Andrew. They'll fire Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson's next. Okay. Brian Johnson's next. Uh, Angelo Cataldi's on at 4th, 4.30. We're going to talk to Angelo Cataldi. Angelo predicted three, three straight losses. WIP legend and Angelo Cataldi will be on with us at 4.30. He came on here and predicted this. Let's look at the numbers. They're a joke. How do you lose a game when you win every statistic? Anyone who knew football on a deep, deeper, I've seen trouble that could have come. We just hoped it wouldn't. The players bitching on the sidelines. Hey, players bitching on the sidelines is because there's no feel for the game. Here. 
You held the Eagle offense. Wait a minute. Pete Carroll held the Eagle offense to 17 points? With that group, without even Devin Witherspoon, you held that team to 17 points and one of the worst run defenses in the league. It's unbelievable. They wanted to give you the game. Third down, Eagles 9 to 16. Tremendous. Seahawks 6 of 14. Beat them there. Total plays, you had 10 more. You almost 70 plays to 59. More opportunities. Total yards, 321, 297. I can't believe that that Seahawks team, under the guidance of Drew Locke, generated 300 yards in offense. I can't believe it. Passing yards, Seattle, 197. INTs, Jalen with two. You know, he leads the NFL in turnovers now. You ran the ball well, 178. 38 attempts. I said you'd win the game. Time of possession, you won. How'd you lose this ball game? Turnovers cost you a game against Seattle. Turnovers against the Niners and the Cowboys, I get it. Against that shitty team? Jalen was absolutely pathetic. 17 of 31, 143, two picks, a 40 rating. My God. I'll say it again to you. I don't think he's a one-year wonder, but he's playing like one. True lockout played him. 22 of 33, 208. Touchdown, game winner, 94 quarterback rating. A backup quarterback torched you. (laughs) You can't get any worse than this. And that media in Philadelphia, man, they walk around with knee pads with Howie Roseman's name on them like that guy's a walking god. One more time, Doug Peterson, 90% and 17. 10% Howie. If we're going to do that to Belichick, 80% Brady, 20% Bill. We'll do it in Philly too. Howie parades himself around Hey, you know why he has the upper hand in that conversation? Because he fired Doug. And the owner chose him. I'm going to tell you the one thing that Howie Roseman does well. He's the CPA. He's the CPA. He's a bookworm. Like the guy in Batman says, he's good with numbers. 
personnel, he blows. Thirteen carries for Hurts. The best part of his game last night was his running. Eighty-two yards, two touchdowns, six yards a clip. They should have kept running that dude. All they should have given him thirty carries last night. Because throwing the ball, he sucked. Or maybe they didn't want to have to answer to Howie and to the owner of why they won games like they had to answer questions when they beat Chicago 16-14. One more time. Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman would rather have control than a Lombardi trophy. Always start there from now on. If you start there... You'll know what gets in the way. That is a control organization from the media on down. Every media member is under some sort of guise that Nick Sirianni has some type of say. Angelo and I have been telling you that. He has no say. That's why he looked like a clown show last week. So wait a minute. Let me get this right. People really believe that Sean Desai, when he was answering questions at the press conference, introduced as the defensive coordinator last week and answering questions as the coordinator, he knew right there, either Tuesday or Wednesday, that he had been fired. That's a very untrustworthy organization then. I don't believe anything they say. Nothing. I believe nothing what they say. It's unraveled. You know why it's unraveled? Too many voices in the building. There's no clarity. And the one clarity voice that you have is a non-coach. You think anybody in that locker room really respects Nick Sirianni's authority? Why would they? They answer to Howie. It's like Jerry Jones in Dallas. The reason that they're showing some respect for Mike McCarthy this year is because Mike's winning games. So Nick made the decision Wednesday after answering the question that he really loves his guys. I have no trust in that guy. Fletcher Cox is playing good football too, man. Carter had a sack. A.J. Brown's on Twitter. Or excuse me, T.O. Brown's on Twitter barking at fans. Oh, I see when everything... Hey, shut the fuck up. They gave you $25 million. Be quiet. Be quiet. Do your job. Guy talks about, like, him being a decoy sometimes. Yeah, you give half-ass efforts when the ball's not coming to you. You're not a team guy. You, You say you are, but you act like you're not. Metcalf got loose in the fourth. What a complete shit show. Here, why is Jalen Hurts? Let's get to this topic now. Those are my, oh yeah, here's my milk carton eagle guys. Remember over a year ago, I said Howie winning a Super Bowl was a gift and a curse. We got a Super Bowl, but Howie will feel himself too much because of it. Yeah. He sabotaged Doug and 
that's what he does. This guy's a sabotage guy. He sabotages people. I mean, Sean Desai, really? I didn't see any difference last night. And now, get this. So now that the defense is going to look better, it ain't going to be better. It's going to look better because you're playing against shitty teams. Thank you, Ross. James Bradbury. Man, wow. You got $16 million tied up in that guy? Holy shit. There's a Howie eggshell. Jalen Hurts, milk carton. Brian Johnson, milk carton. Nick Sirianni, milk carton. These are the guys you put the faces on a milk carton. Then you put the number to the Novacare Center. And then you have a direct call into Jeffrey Laurie and go, have you seen these guys? Been telling you this the entire year. When everybody was pom-pom waving, we've been telling you this the entire year. That thing, again, I thought the defense was going to get better by week eight. But because of the offense limping around all year, hey, by the way, this is who you are. How many quarters of good football do you think you've played? Two? Three? Maybe five? DRC goes, so what's next? Throw the white flag in? You got to hope for injuries on other teams. The only thing that will save the Eagles from um, their own impending doom is injuries. You got to pray for McCaffrey or something to happen like Purdy to be injured for you to advance in the playoffs. And that could happen because we're in the we're in the time of the schedule now where the war of attrition will be a factor. There's nothing on your team or in your organization or on your staff that will save you from yourselves because you're you can't. DeVita will make Howie an offer and can't refuse. You got to pray for injuries. San Francisco has shown you they can't play with uh Without injuries. Okay? They lose a couple guys. That thing doesn't look the same. Remember something? They had a three-game losing streak, too. Put that in context. The only way you're saved is if somebody gets hurt. I can't wait till Angelo comes on. He and I have been both calling that guy a cheerleader from day one. Standing on park benches, starting to wave. Acting like a four-year-old on the sidelines. Now it looks stupid, doesn't it? Before he was Philly pride when you're 10-1. and one. Now he looks stupid. Now he's an embarrassment to Philly. Right? See how fast that changes? When you're up and down in your emotions and you're supposed to be a fucking leader? Look how that looks now. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. You guys buy that stuff. You know, Doug told me when I first came on the air in your city. 
Don't trust what comes out of that place. They ain't going to tell you the truth. Let me ask you this. Let's move to this topic. Why is Jalen Hurts regressing? into looking like, you know what? I'm going to say it one more time to you. I am not ready to call him a one-year wonder. But I am ready to say this. He's playing like one. What's happened? And you know what's crazy? Don't go to the easy, low-hanging fruit. Well, it's Brian Johnson. It's not. It's bigger than that. Got the same personnel. You got the same system. What's different? The play calling? Or the responsibilities that they've asked Hurts to do compared to a year ago? You've pretty much wiped out the RPO. And now you're asking him to throw the ball plus 25. That's not what he does. But the organization and their rush to develop him are making him regress. If you were going to want him to become a passer, why wouldn't you have installed a coordinator that knows how to develop quarterbacks to throw the ball down the field versus a guy who's never been a coordinator and was his so-called butt buddy? What, 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 what does that have to do? You appease Jalen Hurts because he's boys with him? What kind of hiring is that? I don't want my best friend to be my coordinator. I want the best coordinator I can possibly have, especially since I pay $50 million. Honest to God, man. This is not rocket science. Dude, if I'm going to send a rocket to space, I want the most experienced pilot, not a guy who's never flown. It's not hard. Look what they did in Baltimore. They wanted to improve improve a passing game. They brought in a passing mind for Lamar Jackson. What did the Eagles do? They downgraded. You downgraded your hires of a year ago. Why? Control. Utter control. You know, can I tell you something that's maybe the most frustrating thing? And I am a little pissed off today. You know why? You had it in your grasp. You had it. Can I tell you who exposed you guys this year? Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera exposed you. Pitch and catch. They'll play 10 yards off the ball. They never come out of zone. They run four plays off of formations. They really don't run anything different. And once they caught up with that, it was over. Do you want to hear this too? You know what's crazy? You didn't advance the offensive game plan or the defensive disguises enough. I know now why Matt Patricia was brought in. You know why? Because Belichick was a chameleon when it came to disguise coverages. And that's what they're going to change. 
they're really not going to change anything fundamentally or schematically. They're going to change it when it comes to disguise coverages. That's what the whole thing was. And that's why he's being put in there. Because if you're going to stick with a system, at least have some disguise coverages, which they don't. I'll tell you another guy who also exposed you was Josh Allen. Run a guy in motion. You watch the safety stop midway part of the field. He knew you were in zone. Pitch and catch. Pitch and catch. That's why they put 505 on you. That's why they put 505. Jalen Hurts was going like this at the beginning of the year. Slower. But then once the defensive coordinators caught up, it, it's gone like this. Like, he's he fallen off a cliff. You know, sometimes you see a regression, and it goes down like this. Then it'll come back up. But this is going like this, like Carson Wentz. Boy, this shit's starting to look like 2018 a little bit here. Am I wrong? Aikman talked about how we were disguising last night. That's what he's known for, is disguise coverages. Not changing the schematic mentality, but disguising the coverages. He's not been put in there to do anything different than Sean did, except dress it up. Do you understand that? Who Matt Patricia is? He's not going to change how you play defense. Put guys in different positions. He's not going to do that. He's going to dress it up. This stuff is so not in the coach's hands. And you guys ask, What's next? What do you mean, what's next? 4 11 and 1. You're on the road to 4 11 and 1 again. Unless something drastically changes. Your history will repeat itself. Because it is now. You fired the wrong guy. That's what this is going to come down to. You fired the wrong guy. Nothing else to be said. You fired the wrong guy. And that's how it's playing out. You got to remember something about what Peterson's doing down in Jacksonville. Okay? He's turning around a shitbox organization. So are there going to be ups and downs, sporadic losses that you probably didn't see coming? Yeah. Because that organization's got to learn how to win. They haven't learned how to win since Tom Coughlin was there and the first time he was there. When they had Mark Brunell and them guys. Ever since then, they haven't won. Doug's changing culture, attitude, direction, 
expectations. He's not going with just the analytics guys. You think he works for Trent Belke? Nick Sirianni works for Howie Roseman. Okay? He don't work for Trent Belke, the GM in Jacksonville. He works for Doug. Dude, when you guys won that Super Bowl and you took credit away from those coaches that won that thing and those players and made it with the impression that the front office was more responsible for that, they took ownership of that 17 title and pushing the coaches to the side and the players pretty much to the side and claimed victory in Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. They've taken ownership in that. You see, Jerry Jones thought he could take ownership in those three Super Bowl titles he won with Jimmy. Funny thing, on the way to trying to get to another Super Bowl 30 years later, he's never been able to duplicate it. Why? Because it wasn't him. The only thing responsible that Jerry Jones had for those Super Bowls was writing checks. That's it. He had no say. Jimmy had total autonomy over the personnel and the hirings of coaches. You know how I know that? Every damn coach that he had at Dallas coached me at Miami. Complete 100% autonomy. Buck stopped with him. MG2 goes, Jerry killed the dynasty. Howie Roseman also killed the dynasty. How many Super Bowls do you think you've left on the table by Jeffrey Lurie not coming in and being a Bob Kraft and having the right coach and the right GM working together so that they could win. How many Super Bowls do you think you left on the table? I asked you this before. Three? I know you left one 10 months ago on the table. Your arrogance in that front office will destroy Jalen Hurts. And like I said, this will be a slower burn. Listen, this is my prediction. They're going to run that quarterback into the ground. And you'll be talking about him like you talk about Kyler Murray soon. Only difference is, is that guy's got more talent around him. It'll be a slower burn. You know why? Your other coaching staff is involved. Your analytics department. You got two coaching staffs in Philly. Howie's coaching staff. The analytics guys and the mouthpieces. We saw mouthpieces all last week. Sean Desai pretending to still be the coordinator. What a charade that was. Then the full practice, whatever thing that thing was. Jalen doing up-downs for the cameras. What a shit show. I knew something was up. I kept saying it to everyone. Why are they doing that? Because something was coming. Sure enough, Sunday we wake up, the eve of the Monday night game. 
They fire their coordinator. I mean, <laughs> this, this really makes, hey, I really don't know what to say. Why has Jalen regressed? Any ideas? Can I tell you what will happen this week? Do you want me to get ready for Nick Sirianni's press conference? I'm going to get you ready for Nick Sirianni's press conference. And how they're going to approach this week. Teams have losing streaks. Sometimes you have to weather and you have to battle through tough times. We have the men in the building to do it. Nick, you said last week you weren't going to make coaching changes. Did you see anything that changed on Monday? Yes. Things will come around because you know what you're going to get, Giants and Cardinals. And they'll be able to gloss over it with a win against those teams. But the fundamental issue in the building will always be the fact that Nick doesn't really run his own team. How many times have I told you this? All you guys say that this guy had complete autonomy. It's his decision. He has the hires and the coaches. Yeah, you know you, you, you know how they go over that? I told Xander this um, a year ago. They'll put 20 guys' names on a list, and Nick gets to pick off that list. It's a loaded deck. It's names they've cleared. So when he gets in front of a press conference, to many people, he's not lying. I picked these guys. Like, do you want to go with Denard as coordinator or do you want to go with someone else as coordinator? And let me ask you something about Sean Desai and how that whole thing was handled horrifically. So you bring in a coordinator who didn't even have a job last year, but he was a special assistant to Pete Carroll. He wasn't even a position coach. He wasn't even the coordinator on that Seahawks team. And you elevated that guy from a special assistant with no experience, really, outside of one year in Chicago. And you give him what was supposed to be a Super Bowl defense. And then you turn around and hire a babysitter because you weren't sure. You never had conviction in Sean Desai from day one. You hired a babysitter. This is not shit I'm making up. This is things that have happened. I've been, hey, and I have been telling you the whole time. So your linebacking room. So your linebacking room, every guy that's in the linebacking room has been cut by other teams. Is that right? And you expect them to cover George Kittle. I'm not sure what you're expecting. The greatest coordinators on the planet couldn't coach that talent or lack thereof. 
this thing is completely exposed. You are the worst 10 and 4 team I've ever seen. Not the worst talented. The worst 10 and 4 team. You know why it's the worst? You did it to yourselves. That's the most troubling. That's the most irritating. This is all it the, the Novacare Center has done this. Not the Niners, not the Cowboys, and not the Seahawks. They just exposed it. Those teams, it took a Super Bowl Hall of Fame coach and Carroll to make you hit rock bottom. That team didn't deserve to beat you. That team don't deserve to be in the playoffs. They go 90 yards on you with a backup quarterback to beat you. That that pretty much finished the week. Jim Harbaugh, 44-19 and one with Niners. Next coach, please. Warrior, are you out of your mind? You think Howie Roseman would ever bring a guy like Jim Harbaugh in? Defensive scheme looked better. Sure, a lot more disguises. That's one thing you can always count on. Hire a Harbaugh. It works. John or Jim, pick one. Those guys work. Doesn't matter. Both guys are great. Both guys have been to Super Bowls. Both guys have won conference titles and one guy's won a Super Bowl against his brother. Those guys work. Dude, stop, Richie, would hire Mike Tomlin. They're not hiring guys like that. Doug Peterson, never a head coach. Sirianni, never a head coach. Guy from Oregon, Chip Kelly, never an NFL head coach. Okay? Doug Peterson, or um, Andy Reid was a quarterback coach in Green Bay. Let's not forget that. He wasn't the OC in Green Bay. Holmgren was. He was just a quarterback coach. Dude, you're destroying your quarterback. You're completely destroying your quarterback. Same. You keep, and then you know what? You know what? The low hanging fruit and the conversation, because you know what your media people do in Philadelphia? They're so on the take on their key fobs. I'm going to tell you something here because Xander's running our show today. The guy who did the best job all week long is John McMullen. He gave you fair and balanced conversation and was critical. And here's a guy who covers the team and is in the pit. Everyone else, 
I, I don't know what they were talking about. Everyone from the inquire to the stations had this narrative about Sirianni and who's in charge. It's a laugh. And because they want the accessibility and they don't want to get a text like I get from Bob Lang. See, me and Angelo, when Angelo comes on at 4.30, he and I are the same. I don't give a shit about that. To my own detriment. Okay? I don't give a shit. Darius Slay, reaching out to me, last three days. Great. Do I want to be his friend? No. Am I going to be professional with him? Of course. I'm not looking to be boys with people. Because I may have to be critical and you may not like what I say. I believe with Patricia, Wright thinks we, hey, Bald Eagle. Here's what I think they're setting up. And they're setting Brian Johnson up. And I said it yesterday. Brian Johnson's next. Because you know what's going to happen before the playoffs? One more shit show by Brian Johnson. He'll be removed as play caller. And then what Nick will do, he'll take over the play calling. And he'll bring in Frank as a consultant. So you'll head into the playoffs with Frank Reich. Nick Sirianni, and Matt Patricia as your coaches. That's how I see it. I think they're very disappointed with the direction of the football team this year with the coordinators. You think they had just a one-sided conversation about the defense on Wednesday? Or don't you think the owner and the GM had a conversation about the two guys running both sides of the ball. You can't honestly think because if anybody with a brain would know that part of the problem has been the offense's inability to have sustained drives throughout 60 minutes of football that keep the defense on the field too long, you're basically Chip Kellying your own defense the same way Chip did. You're wearing them out. Here's a great example. We've been talking about the amount of plays that Josh Sweat has played. This is Chip Kelly written all over it. You ready? He's already 100 plays over any time in his career for the amount of snaps for one respected season. And he's got three games left. He's going to play probably 250 more plays. That's just before he gets to the postseason because you don't have depth on your edges. Do you notice what teams are doing to you now defensively? They're attacking your edges because you can't set the edge because you don't have any good edge players now against the run. Seattle had 100 yards on you. That's all they needed. Same as Washington. You get 100 yards on them. It, it, it helps play action. You play pitch and catch, and if you got a guy like DK Metcalf, it, you're, you're going to find him. 
Philly goes one sack by Sweat in the last seven games. Yeah, because you're playing his ass off. Here, what did Swift had in that game? What did Swift do? 18 carries, 74 yards. That's not bad. Why'd you get away from running the ball in the second half? And you started drifting away. Why? What'd you do? The red phone rang and the owner was saying we need to throw the ball more? What's up with that? Or did your analytics guy remind you? Dude, when you watch the way that that offense is run, it's run with no feeling of the game. And the quarterback plays with no feeling of the game. What's next? Lies. That's what's next. Lies. McCaffrey's smarter than the Eagles coaching staff. I watched that. I saw that live. I couldn't believe Christian McCaffrey called three plays in a row on what the Eagles were going to do before the thing was even lined snap. He did it just by alignment. I was like, oh, my God. A guy sitting at his home calling plays that the Eagles were running. You don't think Pete Carroll knows that? Dude, here's here you're a laughing stock. You got the league and everyone in the league and coaches watching you on national television pointing out your next play and how predictable you are. The reason Jalen Hurts is regressing, they know what he's going to do. He can't develop. You can't develop that. How can you develop a quarterback when the opposing defense knows what you're doing? The element of surprise is over. Usually the offense has the element of surprise. But when now teams are playing you, they know what you're doing. You have no element of surprise. The only thing that you have the advantage on is the snap count. And remember what I said to you, what's even more egregious in this whole development thing? You're getting to play in too late. Last year, Shane Steichen, I told you this a couple days ago. Shane Steichen, last year, would get that play in on about the 20, 21st second on the 25-second play clock this year. It, he's getting to play in at nine. As a defensive lineman, I already know what you're – I know it's either going to be first or second sound. Dude, even I see that the empty set on our first TD and called quarterback draw before it happened. <laughs> they were ready for it. That counter tray he was so good at last year, they're tipping it off. Can I tell you how they're tipping it off? They moved the tight end to the, to the weak side. And the linebacker knows not to scrape down the line of scrimmage. He gets as deep as the ball now. It's so easy. 
Last year, what you had was Jalen would take that ball out like this, hand it here, pull it back, and then run backside, right? A lot of yardage he got that way. This year, you know what they're doing? When he does that and he goes like this, they're not scraping down a line of scrimmage. They're getting as deep as the ball, him. And when he turns, they're waiting for him. They've taken that play out of the playbook. So they don't run it really a lot anymore. Super Bowl team? You're closer to being 4-11 in one in two years than you are a Super Bowl. And what's the shame? You got the talent to be a Super Bowl contender. Do you know how many people I've listened to all year long tell me that Nick Sirianni is the best coach in the NFC? <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how many times I laughed at that. I, I, I laughed. What is the one redeeming element that he brings to a team? His pom-poms? What? Play calling? <laughs> Overseeing of the offense? What? This looks like two and five Sirianni. They've caught up with you. Look how fast the league catches up with you when you don't adjust. Why do you think that Howie doesn't want to adjust the scheme or the system that they're running? Let's see if you guys retained anything that I told you. What do you think is the reason Howie wants the same system on both sides of the ball? Why do you think they haven't really advanced with any kind of what, – what, what, what do you think is the reason for that? Simple. It's easier to put players in one system than it is to have a coach come in and change Howie's entire roster over. You're not going to have a guy come in and run a 34. I saw people talking about 34 defense. Are you high? That means Howie's roster has to be completely revamped. And all of his draft choices. When you draft a 34 defensive end versus a 43 end, they're two different dudes. Has to do two different things. There's more chance, basically, at misses in the draft with that. This is about how he's drafting or inability to because he can't draft defensive guys. Dude, he's good at D tackle. And he's got Jeff Stoutland in the offensive line to help him pick old linemen. Other than that, they've been horseshit. Every position. They landed on Devontae. Well, that's after 70 uh, draft choices at wide receiver that have been bombs. They've never landed on a linebacker worth a shit in the last 15 years. Their cornerback drafting has been atrocious. Their safety drafting has been atrocious. I mean, you make it. People make it sound like this guy's some guru on personnel. He's great on contracts. And last year was an anomaly. Nobody hits that many times. Nobody. And this year proved it because he hasn't hit on one thing this year. That was a free agent sign. Not one. 
except the drafting of Jalen Carter who fell into his lap. And they had to have balls to do that because of the whole fiasco at Georgia with him. I can't actually believe they went there because I'm shocked the analytics guys okayed that. Well, you know, there's a 72% chance probability that he'll be in trouble again. That's who those guys are. They, 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 again, they go by trends. They don't go by feel of the game. I've told you this, guys, numerous times. That Philly special play, that ain't an analytics play. That's Doug Peterson with guts. You think Howie calls that play or any of his boys? Alec Hallaby, you think those guys call any of that? Absolutely not. I wouldn't have the balls to do it. All Howie does is sign mercenaries that could care less. Dude, I'm telling you, Peterson like this and kid comes over. Let's run it. Okay. Nick ain't doing that. Let me get, let me, let me, let me, let me see if we're going to run that. I'll get back to you. Ain't no time for that in the game. Of that magnitude, playing the GOAT, GOAT coach, moment in history, greatest moment in Philly sports history. Ain't sitting around talking to a committee. Ain't running it through 19 floors so everyone looks at the file before you call the play. Let's run it. It was his call. Shit, knowing the Eagles, they probably questioned him the next day on it. How come you went with it? (laughs) I would have said, fuck you. Honestly. I would have. This is frustrating. You know what? We know what's crazy. Nick could actually be a good coach. Nick could actually be a good coach. But we'll never know. Okay? And there's my boy Keon pretending to know me. You don't know about my history, guy, because I've told people to do that before. And I've walked out of I've walked out of studios. So don't tell me what you think you know about me. You only pretend. You don't know shit about me. You think you do. That's what makes that guy Elon Musk. Now, when you got that kind of FU money, it's easy to do that. Telling Bob Iger to kiss his ass and go, hey, it's a goat move. That's why I dig that guy. (laughs) Is that plain? Is that simple enough? (laughs) Hey, dude, is that simple enough? Oh, anyhow. (laughs) Hey, I've, I've watched that. I think I have that on my phone on a loop. Okay, I have that. I have that on my Xander. I have that. I have that on a loop on my phone. Honest to God, go f yourself. Is is that clear enough? 
I'm like, I play that for my wife and everyone. See this right here? This is what I want to do. I, I, I want to be that guy. Okay? Okay? What do we do if you're the GM, Big Sills? Great question. Great question. Pray for rain. <laughs> There's nothing left to do. What are you talking about? You're heading into week 16. What magic potion do you think you're going to rub on this? You got to hope for injuries. Finish strong. Win 13 games and let the chips fall where they may. Here, I will say this to you to kind of put a little bit of a rainbow on this. Two weeks ago, okay, two weeks ago, you were the number one seed and you had the best record in the league, okay? I mean, 14 days later, you're in chaos. That's how fast it changes. That's how it flip-flops. I mean, moving forward in the offseason. Same guy running it? <laughs> How about the owner stepping up and showing some balls? And and him stepping in. Hey, we need, we need experienced people. You know what? He may have said that. And that's why Patricia's the D.C. now. You know what? Remember something. Xander was here when this went down. He was here producing the show. Guess who called Frank Reich when it came to trading Carson Wentz and the endorsement of Nick Sirianni? Frank Reich. And then how he followed up. And you know how that's a fact? Because he said it on this show. I wouldn't put it past the owner of the Eagles to step in, pick the phone up. Frank, I know David Tepper just gave you $47 million out the door. I talked to Frank. You know, I showed you. We did something live on the air. Okay. And I'm just saying, hey, what does it take for you to come here and be a special assistant to Nick and oversee the offense with him? As a favor to you, because God knows how long Nick has, I'll do it for you. Hey. Keon, don't get mad at me because your team is a complete shit show now. You can throw all your bullshit at me all you want. Don't get mad at me because you look like a complete train wreck now. And I told you, it's a train wreck. You can throw all the shit you want at me. Don't get mad at me. 
Get mad at your team. Get mad at your lion head coach. Get mad at those guys. Getting mad at me? What's that do? You're mad at me for pointing out all the shit that I pointed out all year to you. I'm sorry you feel that way, kid. Maybe you should take the rest of the day off. Because I'm sure this is a little hard to take. Especially since you've been beating the drum on the other side for that coach who's a cheerleader. Huh? Some of you have been beating on the drum here. And by the way, kid, you got your 10 seconds of fame. We're good. Take the day off. Homie, don't play that. I don't care. I never did. (laughs) Ricky Trevace, I love that when he did that. Just pulling that out of my ass. Sorry. Seals defense bailed them out many times. Hey, I thought the defense wasn't horrible last night. I I, I didn't. I didn't think they were horrible until the end when they were, here, wait a minute. Well, let me take that back. Hold on. Let me take that back here because I do have to point this out here. Hold on here. Okay, here's James Bradbury. Six targets, six catches, 112 in yards, one TD, and a 40 rating. Yeah, that might not be good defense. <laughs> yeah, that might not be good defense. Doing the offseason? Are you kidding me? You guys are on your way to 4-11 in one in two years. With the way you're trending. We're going to do it again. This is 2018 all over again. Just with better players. Hey, do you know what the most disturbing thing about this whole thing is? You may end up 27 and 7 in two years and have nothing to show for it except a commemorative NFC title shirt. Hey, we almost got there. Do you understand? The NFC title shirt is an almost shirt. See, we almost got it. See? It's like the almost shirt. (laughs) Yeah. You went a bit soft on Hertz. Guy got 250 and is stinking up the joint. Hey, hold on. Hold on. What are you talking about going soft on him? Are you crazy? I told you from day one, this is your boy. I have to cover your guy. I would never have a guy like that as my quarterback of my football team. Hey, get this. If he was gonna if I had a guy that would run the president and be the president of my corporation, Jalen Hurts is the guy. If I needed a, a guy to be a person that I would want to have as my top guy to be a face of a franchise, absolutely. As a quarterback, not me. Guy can't read a defense. I've said that since day one. He's a dual threat guy, not for me. The only dual threat guy that I want in this league, and Xander and I said this numerous times, when you watch Lamar Jackson play, how you doing? When you watch Josh Allen play, how you doing? That's what I'm talking about. Those guys are like 
jetpacks. Now we know Josh Allen feels. No, you can't know how Josh Allen feels. Josh Allen doesn't have near the talent, even though that kid Cook's coming around, isn't he? That kid's coming around, isn't he? He's good. He's he's a good football player, man. So let me ask you this again. I'll bring this point up to you one more time. What quarterback would you rather have right now in your roster, Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts? Oh, and he makes 900 grand. Who would you want? Jalen? Gardner Minshew's actually having a better year than Hurts. Purdy's the NFL poster boy. Imagine he takes a pay cut. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Brock Purdy makes less than your backup kicker. He makes 937. <laughs> that guy makes... Le- oh. Oh, can, can I, hey, real quick. Hey, Jalen, this does go to you. And here's a little bit of a, um, a suggestion. I don't pay you $50 million a year to target Queasy Watkins. What the hell is that guy doing on the field? He's a shwimp. That guy doesn't fight for anything, including his roster spot. Why are you targeting him? Do you know he played 52% of the snaps last night? Why? Why would you put Queasy Watkins out there? My God almighty. My daughter's tougher. Dude, I get AJ or T.O. Brown and Devontae. Dude, Devontae, such a pro. He's such a pro. I'm dead wrong. Dead wrong about that kid. And I'll continue to say that from day one. Dude, he, he's a pro. He's a pro's pro, that guy. He's a really good football player. And I would want 53 guys like that. That guy works hard, and he is he, he's a non-fire starter. He's a team guy. Gives a shit about everything going on. You know, I, I, hey, let me say this also about Jalen Hurts taking a shot at Nick Sirianni. So when he says we're not practicing our practice habits, that's coaching. We're not practicing hard enough. We're not fundamentally going over the things that are important. Okay, that's a shot at the coach. How many more games are we going to sit here and go? 
Jalen's a one-year wonder. Let's see. Let's take a look at this. 2021. First year starting, all right. 2022, hell of a year. 2023, he's a dude. Leading the league in turnovers. He's a turnover machine. Hey, you guys were ripping Dak Prescott. This guy's a turnover machine. Call me crazy, but I think McKee has potential. Come on now. The most famous guy on any football team is the backup nobody. What's his name? Tanner McKee? Tyler McKee? Who gives a shit? Okay. Marcus Mary, nobody. I, I mean, honestly, stop with that stuff. 900K. Brock Purdy makes. Shit, I'll take Jared Goff right now. It pays for 4,600 yards and 33 touchdowns. At least he gets the ball in the air and he's playing in Detroit. He's doing a better job in Detroit. Think about this for, for Jared Goff. Jared Goff is doing more in Detroit than Matthew Stafford ever did in Detroit. And he had Megatron. The guy had Megatron. What, 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 did, what did Stafford ever do there? Jalen has bullshit coaches. That's it. Go to the coaches. It's like blaming hitting instructors why Bryce Harper's in an 0 for 25 streak. It's got to be the hitting and the batting coach. It's not the player. It's the batting coach. It's the player. Always start with the player. Don't start with the coach. It's the player. He sucks. It's the player. Stop it. Bradbury, he sucks. Look at what you did when you paid people. You gave Bradbury $17 million. He sucks. You gave Hurts $50 million. 2023, he sucks. Leading the league in turnovers. Who else are you going to pay to underperform? Oh, your head coach. <laughs> you guys kept talking to me about his win percentage, and you guys were talking to me a couple months ago, and you guys were talking to me about how um, Nick Sirianni's a better coach than um, Doug Peterson. I asked you who's a better coach. You guys go, look at his win record. Look at his win record. Really? You'd rather have that guy who belongs on a cheerleading squad on your sidelines over Doug. <laughs> really? <laughs> this faction kid says Sills talks out of his ass and face at the same time. See, you know what that kind of guy is right there? That's a Philly denier. 
about the shit show he has going on. He gets mad at me for pointing out the shit I've been pointing out all year to you. It's okay, kid. I know what's up. You you actually can't take it. I know many people like you. Not talking shit. Quarterback sucks. Your co- coaching sucks. It's an overrated 10 and 4. It you are the luckiest 10 and 4 team. The 10 and 4 record was masked. Sure was. You're frauds. Is that talking out here? I'll make sure I don't talk out of both ends. You're a fraud. You're going nowhere. Your quarterback is regressed. He's playing like a one-year wonder. Your head coach is a cheerleader. Is that clear enough? See, Chris, see you. I wouldn't want to hear it either. I don't blame Chris. I do not blame him. I wouldn't want to hear the truth either. Most people would rather be lied to than told the truth. Because it's less confrontational. That's why Nick lied all last week. You understand that? Most people, it's easier to lie to because you don't have to be confronted with anything. Accountability. You don't have to be, um, have a conversation where you're going to be confrontational with anybody. It's easier to lie. I've never been good at it. Because I've never really met too many people that were important enough for me to lie to that much, except maybe my wife. (laughs) Except maybe my old lady. And I'm not very good at that either. As Xander would know. (laughs) I won't take the blame off Hurts because he has sucked this year. But when our offense is predictable coaching, you're you're right. It's not, they're not helping him. They're, They're not helping him. That's why you were, you are, hey, do you want to know why you're 10 and four? Jalen, here. Do you know why you're 10 and four? Because Jalen Hurts carried it as far as he could go before it became predictable where people knew what he was doing and the regression began. He carried it as far as he could go. At one time this year, this guy was a leading candidate for the MVP award. And then once the offense didn't evolve, Hertz wasn't going to evolve. That's why you got guys sitting at home predicting what the next play is. Just off formation. I can't handle Philly people. Let me tell you something, Fiction. Your chump change. Roadkill. Box of rocks. See, a guy like you, you know what's cool? This ain't Tampa. You, you, you know what's cool with a guy like you? You have to respect a person like you to get upset. What would ever make you think I'd be upset with you? 
Hey, Big Sills, did you CMC call every play? We were. I didn't think about it, Khalid, until he said that they run, they run four plays or five plays off different formations. That's what McCaffrey was saying. Okay. Patrick goes, I don't understand why you're answering your own question, Patrick, because he was told to throw it there. GMAC goes, we're a laughing stock now. You'll be a laughing stock if you lose to Danny DeVito. Hey, by the way, you got to love Danny DeVito here too a little bit. Danny DeVito, two months ago, on an appearance at a pizza place, would have taken the five pies. Now he's demanding 20 grand. I have to give this guy as an, as an enterprise guy and a capitalist. I'm kind of in the room, but dude, know the room. Because pretty much so in five weeks from now, you're going to be back, okay? You're going to be back to collecting like, you know, green stamps as a parent's fees. Hey, I got a great gift certificate for you. <laughs> Here's a gift certificate for you. There you go. Is that my parents' fee? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three months ago, that guy's taking five pies home. A 20 grand. Ah, I can't do it for less than 20. <laughs> hey, kid. <laughs> hey, that pilot light about, you know, your job, your job light, that's about to go out here soon. So if I were you, I'd get everything I could get. <laughs> that guy, hey, that guy's career is going to go down as fast as that one Pope who lasted, what, three weeks? That guy's career is going to be the same length. Just telling you, man, it's, he's not going to be around long. You got to be kidding me, kid. This guy's going, I'll take 25 grand. For what? <laughs> Give me a break, guy. This guy's handy guy. You know, I'm going to show it to a pizza place in Brooklyn, and he's not taking the twenty or the ten grand. Hey, you know, I'll be like, who told? Who's talking to you? Your mom? <laughs> You're worth more, honey. <laughs> yeah, you might need Nicole Lynn. <laughs> no, Nicole Lynn wouldn't take you because your contract of two hundred grand is not enough. Holy cow! He beat Green Bay. Wow. <laughs> he beat Jordan Love. My God almighty. What a absolute wonderful thing, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Love Seals choose. <laughs> Next minute, someone talks shit and Philly says he's. Uh, whatever, dude. Don't cry, man. No crying. Hey, I know you guys. Don't get. Why are you getting mad at me? Because your team shit the bed for three days or three games. Hey, we have a little um, issue with the internet with Tone, so he can't come on his normal segment at 3.30. So what we're going to do is we get Angelo Cataldi on 4.30. And it's just going to be me and Angie. Oh, I got to get his book. I got to get his book ready, too. Oh, is he? He's like, what I tell you? <laughs> he goes, that never had me on WIP again. I go, no. I heard John Ritchie. This is the best thing on the planet for the Eagles to have Matt Patricia as the new DC. Does it matter, John? John, seriously, 
since you guys steal my content every day, does it really matter? Coach Roseman's the guy pulling the trigger here. Does it really matter? <laughs> you you, you got to love Nick's week last week. So he walks into a team meeting on Monday after they get their doorknobs knocked off by the Cowboys and crushed. And he's got to confront his team. You know, we're going to rally the troops. Everybody in the building, we love it. Players day off. Don't worry about it. How you doing? Wednesday, everybody's talking in the media, this and that. Hey, we got the guys in the building. Love everybody. We're great. All of a sudden, he gets a call and the bat phone calls. He picks the bat phone up. Hey, they want to see you upstairs. Uh-oh. You probably thought he was getting fired. You think when Nick got that call to go upstairs, you think there was something in the back of his mind that he thought maybe he could get fired? Knowing full well they fired Doug Peterson? Always remember that. When, that, when the bath phone rings and they want to see you upstairs, they, you, you could have a moccasin on the wall there too. You shouldn't take anything for granted in that building. Bath phone rings. They want to see you upstairs. That's how they keep you on your toes. I don't tell you why. Okay, I'll be right up. This guy was in the middle of a... Um, Pastrami sandwich, man. He put that bitch right down. Hey, they want to see me upstairs. <laughs> Honey, make sure you get the for sale signs ready. I don't know what's going to happen. Goes up there, making a change at DC. Oh, okay. Are you for it? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Is Lori okay with this? Why doesn't he shake things up? He did. Doesn't Lori want another Super Bowl? No. He has to see what's going. I told you this, Carrie. It's more important for the Eagles to have control than a Lombardi. Look at your actions this year. Look at your actions. Get this. So that they could pay Jalen Hurts. They robbed the defense of talent. Did they not? You got garbage cans as linebackers, a few garbage cans in the safety position. You loaded up on that side with garbage pails. Other people's trash. Hey, hey, it's one thing to get a guy off the scrap people. It's one thing to get seven. <laughs> you get seven trash cans on your defense. And the numbers dictate it. That's why they're trash. Trash leads to trash. Not too hard, right? Oh, unless you see something different. Hey, how bad was Leonard Sills? Seth says he's done. <laughs> Did he play? Hey, by the way, I got to do something here. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, I'd like to have a missing persons report for Nolan Smith. Yeah, have you seen that guy? Yeah, because there were people really on the Jacob Network who thought this guy should be a top 10 pick. I said he's a second rounder. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You haven't seen him? Okay. I'll put an SOS out for him. Or maybe I'll do some smoke in the teepee. What happened to that guy? He played last night? Really? Oh, okay. I must have missed it. (laughs) He looked pretty good last night? Let me get this. He looked pretty good on that 90-yard drive at the end of the game with Drew Locke. How about the greatness of Drew Locke out-dueling Jalen? Is that now like the second backup quarterback that has knocked your doors off this year? Zach Wilson and this dude. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, okay. Seals, who would you have picked at 31? I'd have traded out of it, got into the second round, got myself a couple more twos and got a corner. Put some depth at corner, and I would have used the other two for some depth at edge. This is not hard. You got two 60-year-old corners. You're eventually going to have to make a move. I'm not saying you don't take Carter. Of course you take Jalen Carter. But I would have moved out of 31, down, got multiple picks and twos and threes maybe, maybe multiple twos, and we got a corner and an edge rusher. I don't know. Hey, and this just in too. Hey, Sidney Brown, learn how to tackle. Kid, the scouting report on you is as right as it was with N'Kobe Dean. You know what? I can't beat that guy up anymore because I've already done it. And it's not his fault. It's Howie's fault. Kobe Dean. Like I said, the Niners draft Warner in the third. Howie drafts Dean in the third. There lies the difference. John John Lynch gets Warner in the third, and you get Dean in the third. One guy is the best player at his position in the NFL. The other guy, I don't know. That's the difference. Okay. Sidney Brown's a liability. Well, when you're forced to play young players, of course they are. Absolutely, of course they are. I got Darius Slay contacting me daily. And some of the stuff I won't even say on what's going on over there. You know what happens right now in a moment like this when you're in a place like the Novacare Center? It's a little heated and nasty. You gotta whisper a lot. See, I don't like people I can't see, and I don't like whispering because I don't like I don't trust people who whisper and staying in the dark. 
Okay? Alshon Jeffries. It, what what to do next? What would you say? I mean, what what can you do? What can you do? Band aids have failed. Direction of the team has failed. Now you got T.O. Brown. I want to make a comparison to you about something. How many people think that Jalen Hurts is going to get back to a Super Bowl? Callie Green. Seals doesn't have the answers. That's okay. Neither does Howie or Lori. So... Okay. No, I don't have the answers because I don't believe there is an answer. Maybe that is it. There is no answer. You're who you are. An answer for what? What do you do? There is no answer. Depends on the OC. No, it doesn't. You could have Andy Reid as your play caller because those guys are getting away. Analytics. So I'll make a comparison to you with Jalen Hurts. I've said this to you numerous times. I said that last year could be as good as it ever gets for Hurts in Philly. And most of you go, no, he's got five more appearances in the Super Bowl. This guy's going to be the next Brady. You know, this other bullshit. Funny, Dan Marino got to one Super Bowl early in his career, never went back. I think he got to one AFC title game a few years later, never went back ever again. Never went back again. Never went back again. Ever went back again. You think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Dan Marino? <laughs> okay. I'm sure you do. He may never get to that point again. All right, we're going to take a time out here. And we come back, maybe there is an answer. We'll look at the playoff picture right now. Is there hope on the other side of this? There is a glimmer of hope, okay? There is. I'll explain it. Don't forget, our good friends at Hooters, during December here, 
the Santa Bucks are back. Five bucks. Great stocking stuffers for you guys during the holiday time. Go to northeasthooters.com for you to be able to purchase those gift certificates. Also, Hooters to go. If you don't want to go into the location, all you have to do is you can use the app, get the food, order it, take it back to your home. All good, man. Really a great time. Hey, two for Tuesdays, man. You buy 10 wings, 10 boneless free. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Don't forget the great military Mondays, 20% off for all men and women who serve this fabulous country. Go to northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com. And when you roll in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Before I jump back on Hertz here again, 
and also take a look at the playoff picture and hope. Michael Parsons, this dude is so soft, it's unbelievable. What an absolute worm. I can't believe everybody gets on me. You know, they're waiting for us to lose. They're waiting for us to lose. Every time something, you sucked. You got ran over. And when you call yourself LT, you're going to be scrutinized, kid. Sack up. Sack up. You're the one that was touting yourself as the defensive player of the year at the beginning of the year. And when you suck, sack up. I mean, seriously, guy. Everybody's waiting for us to lose. God, you can't be the most. He has to be the most sensitive guy in the NFL. Honest to God. I thought T.O. Brown for the Eagles was. This guy here is even softer. He's as soft as his run defense is. I mean, you got ran over, kid. You had no tackles. You had nothing. They killed you. I can't believe it. <laughs> what a Jesus. Miles Garrett is by far. Shit, you could even go Khalil Mack as a defensive uh, player of the year. Micah Parsons? His name is Missing Parsons. Hey, no, give me a break. LT. Shit, he's not Trent Cole. I mean it, man. I can't believe it. Everybody's waiting for us to lose. No, no, you didn't lose. You got killed. But get this. Think about this. You didn't just get killed. You got killed by a team that completed only seven passes. That's a game out of like 1942. Seven passes. I'm not even sure they threw the ball forward in 42. Seven passes. <laughs> and you got drilled. They were so one-dimensional on you. They were just hitting with left hooks. Bang, bang, bang. And you weren't ducking. You know, if you get hit in the head 20 times, don't you eventually duck? Holy cow. I can't believe it. Everyone says nasty and dirty things about me. And, <laughs> and welcome to the group when you put yourself in a bullseye. What a worm. Jesus criminy, man. If there weren't women in here, I'd be calling you something else, kid. I promise you. I can't believe it. Dude belongs in a skirt. I can't believe it. Big bad Dan, block him. <laughs> I went at him, said he was a he was soft, and he got mad at me. He did. He told me. You're a cowboy tilt. And I go, not really, but kind of. Anyway, how many people are okay with Jalen Hurts calling out his team? Publicly. Right after the game. He started with himself. 
So this wasn't singling out anybody. How many people are okay with this? Hertz is a low IQ player. That is further from the truth. He is not. Jalen Hurts is a very smart man. He knows what he's doing. Absolutely not. I don't think he has a set of brass cannolis, but I'll get to that in a minute. It's too late, though. Mm. Uh, Hertz needs to have a sit-down with Jeffrey Lurie. I'm okay with it. Hertz was held, has held it together all year. Somebody had to throw the first stone. Week 15? Week 15? A press conference? Here's the things that I'm sick of with the Eagles. Coaches and their press conferences. It's after the fact with everything. It's never at the point where it's critical in the game. I hear more apologizing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays than actual coaching. I hear excuses after every saying, dude, I need you to bitch at people on the sidelines. Sit your ass down. Not being a politician. Sit down. That's what I need. I don't need. Now, he's really not a vocal leader. Derek Jeter wasn't. It's okay. He kind of reminds me of Jeter a little. And how he handles himself. It's not horrible. But I don't, I don't, I don't need that after the fact. Like Jalen, when you see a shitty play call coming in, why don't you have the balls to audible out of it? Why are you throwing to Queasy Watkins? Audible out of it. Do you know what the most quarterbacks do that that have shit? He's built up autonomy. He's got fifty million reasons that he has the autonomy in the building that he can audible out of anything. Why wouldn't you audible out of that? I'm not throwing to him. I don't trust him. You know why I don't trust him? I there's a better chance that there'll be a tip that he won't fight for. That'll be a pick. So I'm going somewhere else. Brady would never go to that guy. Any quarterback worth his salt wouldn't go to that guy because you can't trust him, but you do. Why? Because you're told to. I need him to be more of a leader. That's a step. Oh, there's no doubt, and I agree with Xander. They're 10 and 4 because of him. Only reason. And the defenses have caught up with him now. And all, because see, Jalen, you know what? Here, here's what happened. Here's the offense that Steichen. Here's the offense that Shane Steichen built. Okay, I feel you, Seals. Trust me. 
When Brady yells on the sidelines, it's passion and commitment. If someone else does it, they're a cancer and a poor leader. But I feel you. I believe me. Believe me, I do. Here, here. This is what happened with Hurts. Okay? Th- th- this is what happens. Actually, that's that's tone. Th- this is what happened when you put the offense in with Shane. Both guys getting better. Both guys getting better. Both guys getting better. Offense is developing. Shane leaves. Jalen's continuing that rise. Jalen's continuing that rise. Jalen's continuing that rise. The offense is becoming more predictable, not adding any emotion, not adding anything to it. It's continuing to go like this. Well, once that gap is right there like that, and the quarterback doesn't have a system around him to help him develop, that gap, they're going to close it with defense. Jalen was outperforming the evolving of the offensive skill that they were trying to do when it came to the system. And he outgrew it so fast that they didn't have an offense that was evolving quick enough for him. That's more notable now than ever on what Steichen's doing in Indianapolis. Okay? Both guys were evolving. Shane's still evolving. Shane Steichen's evolving as a pretty damn good-looking head coach in Indianapolis. Both guys. Well, when he left, the offense stagnated. And it just he Jalen was just on a supersonic trajectory. But what happens when you're not evolving a system around him? You're going to have a catastrophic fall once they catch you. Dude, you got guys sitting on their couch picking the next play. I mean, am I right? Tone and I have talked about this. After the two and five, Shane Steichen had some sort of look at look at look at Steichen's record since he took over to play calling. And what he's doing now? What is he? What's his record? They're eight and six. Shane Steichen's lost nine games in two years. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a play caller. And one of those years is with Gardner Minshew. He's going to take Gardner Minshew to the playoffs. Gardner Minshew is going to throw for 3,500 yards. 
Gardner Minshew is going to have 20 touchdowns, and he took over in week four. True head coach of that football team last year was Shane Steichen, not Nick Sirianni. Jalen Hurts should write Shane Steichen a check every month for what he did for him. He should write him a check. Nick's hurting him. It's totally what's happened here. The vo- <clears throat> here. here. <clears throat> Has that offense evolved since 21? What's evolved more? Hurts. Has the offense? No. Pretty much same shit. Didn't you think that that was going to become a problem? Your quarterback is... My guy Tone talks about this all the time. Dude, the trajectory that he was on, he was on this like a Saturn rocket. And the offense was hanging right there with him. Everything was going. Coordinator leaves. Offense stagnates. Jalen continues to rise. Dude, all those great D coordinators you took on this year, I'm telling you, Washington, Washington, and Josh Allen exposed this whole thing and unraveled it. Washington, Del Rio, and Ron. And then what happened? Jalen started going down. Then the turnovers came. Offense. And now he's back to the 21 offense. That's regression. This is the 21 offense. And what happened in 21? Nick Sirianni had control of the play calling. The only successful play you have in your playbook right now is your touch push. That's it. And the slant. The rest of it. Tom Brady had a career on dump-offs to the tune of seven Super Bowls. Check down, 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 check down. Check down, check down. You know what that check down resulted in? His 19 years in New England, every other year he went to a Super Bowl. Never be seen again. He's like the Bill Russell of the NFL. Every other year in Tom Brady's time, Tom Brady went to a Super Bowl. Check down, check down, check down, check down. Work for him. High percentage passes. That's what they're doing with Allen in Buffalo right now. Check down, check down. Joe Brady's doing check downs with him. You don't have to throw 
but 15 passes to beat a team. Dude, do you know what that guy did? Think about something here. Do you know what that guy did for Josh Allen this past weekend by beating Dallas? Think about it. What did he do as a coordinator that they're not doing with Hurts? He built equity up with Josh Allen by going, you threw 15 passes and you blew a team out. We don't have to have 45 passes. How far do you think that's going to go with Josh Allen now as he reads a game plan and has confidence in Joe Brady with a game plan? I threw 50, I had seven completions. I had seven completions and we put 31 points up. What do you think that does for a confidence of a quarterback? You think that he's going to have less confidence or more? The quarterback draw on third and 24. Howie Roseman and Laurie are so obsessed with being this high-power passing offense. They're ignoring the ebbs and flows of a football game. Yeah, they're taking the feel of the game out. This is tone. Every game isn't built to be a damn shootout. You don't have to have 35-plus completions. That was on display Dallas-Buffalo. Dude, the first thing I thought about was when Allen and them closed that up against Dallas, I said, man, that guy is going to take off. Don't let Buffalo get in the postseason. They could win it. They could win it now. Allen has been put back on a trajectory that I'm talking about that Hurts is not on. Look at what one philosophical way of looking at a game can do for a player. They're running almost the same plays, but different mentality. You know, I, I, I bring this up to you all the time about Jordan. It took nine years for Jordan to figure it out. Nine years. You know, Jordan didn't win a title for nine years. A full decade of basketball. He didn't win a title. And then Phil came in, guy he didn't trust, said, listen, you got to trust me, man. If you're going to win scoring titles, we're not winning NBA titles. You got to pick what you want to do. And for Jordan to put down the scoring title and to want to be part of a championship, he put his ego aside, Jerry Krause. He hated the guy desperately. Krause built a team around him. He sucked up his ego. And Jordan went out and won and became one of the greatest winners of all time in American sports history. They can't do that in Philly. They don't allow their coaches to be coaches and they don't allow their players to fulfill their proper destiny. Hurts. I don't know now. Wentz. No. Let me think of a player during this time that fulfilled his destiny of being what he could possibly be. Fletcher lane. Um, Kelsey. How about skilled guys? Did Donovan McNabb ever fulfill his destiny? I'm living up to his talent. Westbrook, he did. 
How about offense? Let's stick on the offense. Um, offense. Let's stick on offense. Offensive people that fulfilled their destiny. Shady. Zach Hurts. Any receivers? No. Uh, Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, sure. Let's see how many Hall of Fame offensive people that you've drafted that are skilled guys since 2000. Have you guys drafted a skilled guy that will go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame since 2000, since how he's been in the building? One or two? Who? None. McCoy, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But that that won't be for it. That would be, I don't, I don't think so. Offensive skilled people. You know what skilled is? Receivers, tight end, quarterback. Deshaun Jackson is not going to the Hall of Fame. Zach Hurts is not going to the Hall of Fame. D-Jax is not going to the Hall of Fame. None. None. Westbrook's not going to the Hall of Fame. Those are very good players, by the way. Very good players. I don't care. They're not going. When, when, when you've got people like Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson and guys like that that are sitting around waiting to go in, and you got a buck, Deshaun Jackson is not going. That's not happening. Okay, it's not. You don't really, I mean, you draft some really nice players, some really good players. Nobody exceptional. I, okay, well, Sills, less than 400 guys all time in the Hall of Fame. Real question. Okay. So you're telling me in 25 years you haven't put one guy in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Not one? In 25 years of drafting? That's like 300 guys you've drafted. And not one guy you drafted that's a skilled player is in Canton? Okay. You don't think that's a thing? Okay, I didn't mean to... 
Lane's not a skilled player. That's an offensive lineman. All right. Angelo Cataldi is going to join us at 4.30 Eastern. I'm going to take a time out here. We're going to take a look at the playoff picture before we get Angelo on with us here. I can't wait to hear. He predicted this. He said there would be three straight losses. And we'll talk to our friend. We'll get his his take care. We'll talk about his book here, how well it's doing. I can't wait to hear the WIP legend. Don't forget, my good friends, we are here in the month of December. Santa bonus bucks, five bucks. Great stocking stuffers here for you guys. The 2024 Hooter calendars are out. $100 coupons are inside the calendar. Go to Hooters2Go.com. That's Hooters2Go.com. It is Tuesday. Buy 10 wings. Get 10 boneless free. Don't forget, kids eat for free on Saturdays. Happy hours, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6. Six items, six bucks. That's northeasttutors.com, northeasttutors.com. Do me a favor. When you roll in, tell them Big Sill sent you. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
G-L-E-S Eagles. Is Brian Johnson next? I say he is. No, no, no. He'll never be. Who told you that, Nick? Well, I wouldn't believe that. No, no, no. Brian's safe. Shit, Brian's safe? Can I tell you this? Of all the coordinators that the Eagles have had this year, the guy who's done the worst job has been the offensive coordinator. That's Nick's boy. That's his side of the aisle. Remember something. You know how coaches get fired? What's the one thing that coaches get fired for? What what would be the one thing, besides all the other stupid, chaotic bullshit that Sirianni does, what, what would be the one thing that would get him fired. You guys have a clue? Tom's getting to be such a smart. He'll never believe what comes out of Nick's mouth again. I feel stupid for even taking his word for anything in the first place. Shame on me. Tone. That's the empathy you have in your life because you're a good human. You take people at face value. Don't let one's character flaw dampen your character because he has a flaw in his. That's I, I that that's not on you, dude. Good people take people at face value. You want to come at someone with giving them respect because if you're going to start a relationship with somebody or you're going to talk about somebody, you want to come from a place where it's face value. Hey, I don't know you from a can of paint. We're going to start a relationship. You don't, you don't try dating a woman or building a friendship with someone from an adversarial spot. You try to build it from a good place. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't ever let one's character or lack thereof change you because the only person that gets changed in the process is you. Here's the, here's the one thing that gets coaches fired all the time. Why do you think Brandon Staley is going to get fired? Or excuse me, why he got fired in Los Angeles? You know why? He didn't take care of his side of the ball. Your specialty and what you are known for can't be a train wreck. If Like, like look at Mike Tomlin. The Steelers are winning games. Why? Because they're great on defense. Well, you know, they're not good on offense, but shit, Mike's taking care of the one side of the ball that he has expertise in. Okay. Organization has to help Mike. By the way, they're still kind of hanging in there. Okay. Every coach that's worth his salt is Guys who take care of their side of the ball, you ain't got to worry about the defense. 
Defense is playing great. Okay, that's why Sean Payton is screaming at Russell Wilson. You know why? He needs a fall guy. So he's going to scream at a guy he can scream at to show that it's his fault, not his, because he makes all the money. And so he'll scream at him, knowing full well he can't do anything to him. He can't do anything to Russell Wilson because the Broncos have to pay him. Dude, you can call him an mf -er, whatever you want to call him, and you can say whatever you want. You still got to pay him $50 million. At the end of the day, you scream and holler and have a tantrum with all you want. You direct deposit me every Tuesday. Go sit down. Got to take care of your side of the ball. Nick's not taking care of his side of the ball to the point where they like it. So I'm telling you, the only thing that would be sold is what I said yesterday. How are you guys feeling about what do you guys think? By the way, we're going to put Tone on at 5.30. His internet looks like it's going to allow him to jump on with us at 5.30. Angelo's going to join us in a couple minutes. I'm, you know, watching the way that he goes about his business, especially on the offensive side, Nick's got to write that ship. So how is he, how are you going to write the ship? Hey, you know, our meeting last week, we were talking about the coordinators. I got a plan here. As things starts wobbling, as we get closer to the playoffs, who better to have next to me than a guy that delivered a Super Bowl to you? And you know, he could come in here and remember something else. Tone, you'll like this connection. Guys, who was the offensive coordinator for Phillip Rivers in his most successful seasons? Do you know? Who does Jalen Hurts watch game film on? Philip Rivers. Who was the coordinator? It was Frank Reich. I was there. Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator in San Diego when Nick Sirianni was the wide receiver coach. And that's the game film that Jalen watches religiously when it comes to throwing the football. So doesn't it make sense to bring in Jalen Hurts' favorite offensive coordinator? You know, I got to tell you, man, that whole charade last week with Sirianni and that whole bullshit thing that they have with those press conferences, parading out Sean Desai like he was the coordinator, him saying no changes will be made, and we have all our guys in the building, 
then doing that padded practice, um, then doing those stupid up downs in front of the cameras, you knew something was coming. You just didn't realize that they would have complete chaotic chaos in the building. And before I bring Angelo on here, no wonder Sirianni hated him. Because you know why? Angelo knows who he is. Angelo knows the organization. They're doing the same shit right now to Nick and to Jalen that they did to Doug and Wentz. You're putting inexperienced people around your biggest asset, your quarterback. Why would you have a $50 million quarterback and a training wheels offensive coordinator around a guy? Why? Power. Control. It's in the book. Okay? The more I, the more I read it, the more I understand how Angelo, I'll tell you what, man, he's one of the last of the dying breed because I told you guys this too. You know, Darius Slay's texting me on my DMs now. Uh, and he's telling me, hey, I'm a team guy, this and that. I don't give a shit about being Darius Slay's friend because I may have to say something critical about him, and he may not like that. I care about telling the truth. Most people would rather be lied to than told the truth. Let's bring Angelo Cataldi in right now. And I could – hey, by the way, he is Nostradamus, okay? Give me the side view. I got to have the side view again. Angelo, the side view with the noise, with the nose. There he is. Angelo knows Thomas. He said a three losing. <laughs> Can you hear me, Danny? <laughs> here you go, right here, Angelo. How's the book doing? The book is doing great, and so are you. I don't even need to come on. You are speaking the truth the, all the way across the board. That whole debacle with the defensive coordinator, that wasn't Sirianni. It's never Sirianni. The only reason Doug Peters is not here is he would not do the bidding of Jeff Lurie, the owner, and Howie Roseman, the general manager. This guy here, on Tuesday, I'll tell you, we don't have a problem with our defensive coordinator. And then the next day, he's setting up for the new guy, who, by the way, Matt Patricia, awful, not a good defensive coordinator. What do we got? We went from bad to worse. It's unbelievable. And I got one other thing, Danny, because I'm frustrated by people. I'm frustrated by hosts, not you, and others who want to talk a lot about the Eagles offense, et cetera, et cetera, and you have every right to. They're not playing well. But there was a minute 52 to play and 92 yards, and the uh, Seattle Seahawks had a backup quarterback with one timeout and he went right down the field. I mean, right down the field. Just basically targeted James Bradbury and unmasked him as a has-been. And nobody did anything to protect it. Nobody, not one blitz, nothing to try to put more pressure. You had a defensive line that did nothing. And the secondary and the linebackers that we know are substandard. That was I swear to God, when they were at the eight-yard line, I said, the Eagles are going to lose to Seattle. They're going to drive the length of the field because that defense is awful. And I've been saying it on your show every week now for a month. Awful, Dan. Awful. Angelo, tell me, tell me 
if this is not the definition of dysfunctional. Ready? So Desai's not the coordinator. He's still the coordinator, but he's not the play caller. Patricia's the play caller, but he's not with the designation of DC. And you still have the guy in the building, and you parade him up there and go, there's the guy who just got fired. And here's the guy on the sidelines who, by the way, hates slight. Isn't it ironic, too? And not that you and I are conspiracy theorists, but how how ironic here, Angelo, that the week in the game that uh, Patricia's going to call his first defensive game, Slay's not in there. He's having this weird orthoscopic surgery where he misses it. I mean, are the Eagles unraveling in front of our eyes? Yeah. They are unraveling, and here's the part that really frustrates me. They don't even respect the fans enough to be honest. They don't even – what are we asking for here? You're changing your defensive coordinators. Your defense has been bad this year. They're 32nd in the league. They've been 32nd for a while now. Yeah, that makes sense. Why do you have to make it seem like you didn't do it when you clearly did it? Why is there deception? And this, I can tell you this, Dan, I covered that team long enough. That comes from the very top. That is Jeffrey Lurie, all right? Jeffrey Lurie does not respect the fan base enough to be honest with them. The only time he ever pokes his head out of the hole is when they won four in a row. You won't hear from him right now, I'll tell you that. But then when they've won something, he will pontificate on how you put together a brilliant organization. It's a load of crap. It's all a load of crap. Part of me, I'm so frustrated. I mean, I'm so upset. I knew it was going to happen. It did. But you still, I want these fans to have something exciting for themselves on Christmas. And basically, the Eagles ruined Christmas. They ruined Christmas last night. Angelo, tell me this, man. You, you, You covering the team and people that you've worked with at the Inquirer and in the market. Help me on this with Bob Lang and these guys. Why in the world is it more important for the organization to have a public perception? I'm sitting there Sunday and I'm I'm watching TV and I'm like, oh, you know, no Eagle game. I'm enjoying myself. You know, I'm going to watch a Cowboy game a little later, see what happens in that debacle there. And all of a sudden I see Jay Glazer go, um, the uh-huh. defensive coordinating uh, duties are now going to go to Matt Patricia. I almost fell off my couch. I was like, I had to play it back. I went, what? <laughs> and what they did do, yeah. they disrespect the people who are on yeah. a beat every day covering that team. Why is it more important for them to have the national perception of them and lie to the local media and the local media buy into the lies? All right, let me uh, tell you a little story here. There once was a PR director who gave a damn about the fans in Philadelphia. He was the best PR director that I ever dealt with in my life. And I was in media for 50 years. His name was Derek Boyko. And Derek Boyko understood the the value of honesty and not trying to manage the, the message. And Derek Boyko was the PR director for the Eagles for maybe a decade. And he was brilliant. And he ended up getting a bigger title in Buffalo and he left, all right? And then they put Bob Lang in. And the minute Bob Lang came in, and he is still there now, he is a micromanager of the new. And whenever, I mean, whenever I said something, 
that they found upsetting. Bob Lang wouldn't call me because I wasn't interested. He would call Rhea Hughes and he would say to her, uh, he can't say that. You know, and he would get all upset and he would he would start to not part, not cooperate in giving us access to players and stuff. And I, my message never changed him. Fine. You don't have to give me players. We're only doing it because it's mutually beneficial. I don't need them. I can do. I did a show without any of your frigging players. I don't need your players. You know what I need? I need my ability to tell my honest truth. My truth. Not the truth. My truth. And I'm not risking that. I'm not sacrificing that for anything. And Bob Lang, who's been a PR guy there probably as long as uh, Derek Boyko was, has never understood that. Now, the fact of the matter is most PR people don't. They want to control you, but you shouldn't be it. And what you said about Slay, if only we could get that message across to all the lemmings in the media who are worried about how these players feel about them. Who cares? They don't. Oh, Darius Slay is mad at Dan Salaya. Oh, I guess he's not coming to dinner on Sunday this week. Huh, Danny? <laughs> Who gives a damn? Who cares? I really don't. And here, Angela, I'll tell you the story then. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll be, I'll be, tell you exactly what happened. So I'm, I'm very good friends with Frank Wright. Been with 40 years. He was a teammate of mine at Maryland before I transferred to my University of Miami. And we've been friends to this day. And so I asked him for Nick Sirianni's number. So they gave, he gave me the number and I've been texting. He was going to come on. So he heard me being critical of the drafting of Roseman. And I said, this guy, suck, he sucks at linebackers, corners, edge rushers. He's terrible. I look at his record. He, he, I mean, he found Devontae. And it's only taken him 25 years to find a whiteout. So Bob texts me. Then he calls me and goes, why the fuck would I put Nick Sirianni on your show when you trash my GM? And I go, did I say anything that wasn't true? And he goes, why would I put him on your show? I showed it to my bosses. And I said, personally, because I did what you did, Angelo. I was on the flagship station of the Buccaneers for 15 years. They didn't like what I said, too. I called their uh, their GM a, um, a, a CPA and a librarian. I was doing 10 shares. I didn't care. <laughs> Who cares? I don't care. You understand what he's saying that. When a team is saying that they – will only give you access to their people if you treat them with kindness and generosity, <laughs> right? If I did that in the city of Philadelphia, all right, by the time I was in my mid-40s, I would have been back in newspapers. It wouldn't have made it. you got to tell your truth, and they don't get it. I do not seek your approval, Mr. PR director. I will say what I want to say. You can go straight to hell. And they <laughs> did. And I, but I did it repeatedly. It got to the point Rhea wouldn't let me ever talk to any of them because she said, well, at that point, we'll sever all relations with the team. Stay out of it. And she would try to patch things up. But no, don't let just. Give your uh, I was listening to you eat a lies last night, and I was saying to myself, you know, if you are constrained by these relationships with teams or players, 
you would not be able to say the things you're saying, which are the absolute truth of what we witnessed last night. And that's why you have a job, because you are giving the actual truth without all this concept of being in a business relationship like the, the teams that the, the networks that do the games, they're all beholden to the teams. There's the only people that aren't are people like us who are willing to tell PR people and people on the teams, screw you, I'm going to tell what I see. Get this, Angelo. Get this, Angelo. That's why Sirianni went on the NFL Network. People don't realize that Jeffrey Lurie is a part owner of the NFL Network, and it's going to put a narrative out there about how they want this firing to be perceived once it comes down. Now, I'm going to lead this into you with this. Is Sirianni everything now you thought he was? Is that he's? I don't think he's a good coach. I just don't. I, I'm trying to. His record's good. His record's really good. So I'm, I can't just say he's not a good coach. But I, I'm more concerned right now about you, Dan, because you really wanted to get Nick Sirianni on your show. Yeah, and, no, and, and I, I had the number. To, I have to ask you something now. Were you assessing the show and saying to yourself? I don't have enough bullshit on this no, show. I no, need what to I was get Sirianni. Was I interviewed Sirianni for three years. I never got a damn thing that was worth anything out of him. I never got a damn thing. Every single time I talked to Doug Peterson, he gave me honest answers to questions. Sirianni never did. Not once. I can tell you right now. He so would, they were wasted he, segments. He wouldn't just repeat what he said at the news conference the day before. He would pretty much use exactly the same words. It was like he had a script. You weren't getting anything out of Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni is a mouthpiece for the organization. And he will not do one thing that would rock that boat. So you miss nothing by not getting Nick Sirianni on. Believe me, if you thought you were going to goomba him, you know, no. Wouldn't it work? Hey, I thought the vowel meant something. Wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. He's completely oblivious to that. Yes, men have blinders on. Whatever Howie says goes, Jeff is my master. That's the way that works. What are you kidding me? I have I have another conspiracy theory, and I gotta ask you if you could go down and follow and think that maybe you could connect the dots here. Okay. So the first the first domino that went was Brian Johnson. Personally, I think the or um the side. Personally, I think Johnson's worse, but okay. Yeah, so they put an experience for whatever it is. And I agree with you. I don't believe I didn't see anything different last night. Matt Patricia's in there. How about this one? If this thing doesn't look well over the next couple weeks, is Brian Johnson next? Nick takes over, calls his boy Frank Reich, <laughs> and you have Frank and Nick and Patricia going into the postseason as your coordinators because at the end of the day, think about this, Angelo, when they hired Desai, two weeks later they hired a babysitter in Patricia. Yeah. I never knew what he did. I couldn't figure out what his job title was. I mean, remember they didn't even put him in front of the microphone for like two weeks, three weeks, because nobody knew what his job was. I mean, would that be be, um, something that that – wouldn't happen in that organization? Or do you think oh, that no. maybe the owner came down and said, we need more experience in the coordinating room? Like the, the owner will never come down and say, we need more experience. He might say, we could take Frank Reich for a short period of time. He would be a major upgrade. No question in my mind. Absolutely. He, 
He wouldn't throw that pass into the end zone. No. They, I mean, that stupid play last night. That they had the game in hand and they're throwing deep balls to to people to their fourth best receiver. Dumb. But bottom line is, um, they would do it. But the minute Frank Reich indicated independent thinking, <laughs> it would be over. Do you understand? They only want people working for them who will do their bidding. They want yes men. And that's why Doug Peters is not here. That's why the people he wanted to bring in were not brought in. And that's why Nick Sirianni took it. It's, it was a ninth interview. The Angel. first eight got, you know what the first eight interviews did when they had head coaching interviews? They all said, well, I'd like to make my own decisions. And Larry said, all right, get him out of here. Get Bring the next guy in. I need one who'll do whatever I want him to do. It, it's it's a losing proposition. And, and they had, I said this last week, I'll say it again. They had a Super Bowl team last year. They had a very good team last year. And they had two coordinators. I hated the defense well, but Steichen was a good offensive coordinator. And they replaced two guys who had some experience with guys who didn't have any. No track record for success as coordinators. And they put him in to a Super Bowl team. Now, what does that say to you? They don't want experience. They're afraid of experience because experience leads to telling the owner what they want to do. And they want their own say and they want the people to go along with it. You know, you know, Angelo, I've talked to some people in in, in Philly media, and you're the only one who kind of sees and has clarity in this whole thing that to me, the um Nick works for Howie. He works for him, and everything is run from that front office, from the way that they they go with their offense, the way they structure their defense. You know, somebody asked me the other day, hey, Sills, do you think this thing will turn around? And I'm like, no, because the guy who's above them, these guys have a way of doing business. Yep. There's no feel for the offense. You know what, you know, you know what, Angelo? I don't even know if Brian Johnson's a good or bad coordinator, because you know why? When people are going, like you said, you throw that ball in the end zone. You know why he threw the ball in the end zone? Because he was told to. Wow. Did you hear Sirianni on that? Sirianni said, whenever we get one of our wide receivers singled up against the safety, we got to take that shot. You're going, yeah, if it's A.J. If it's A.J. Brown, yeah, all right. If it's Devontae Smith, yeah. Not that guy. Crazy Watkins? Uh, Quez Watkins hasn't made a friggin' play in three years. Quez Watkins, every time they dial his number, disaster follows immediately. Uh, let's try Quez. And then the ball goes up in the air. Quez isn't even trying to do anything. He's letting that guy Love grab the ball. Julian Love just takes it away from him. Unbelievable. And, and, and the next, you know, you're going to hear all week now, a whole bunch of BS about how, no, that isn't the way it is. It, uh, the, these, If the Eagles had one wish, Dan Saleh, it would be that none of the games be televised. So they could lie to you all week. The, the only problem they have is we're actually watching the game and we're smart enough to know what we see. They would like to tell you things didn't happen that happened. You're watching the game. God, you are so good and right on. I mean, I, I mean, we're just echoing one another here, and I love it. And I gotta here, here. Let's get to Hurts, and I saved him for last here. I mean, 
Don't you see? It, it it looks to me like they're kind of doing the same kind of damage to him yeah. that they did to Carson Wentz. Now, I don't think that he's going to have the nuclear meltdown because he's more mentally tougher. But if you're not going to put quality people around him, hey, Angel, the reason why he hasn't developed is because the offense hasn't evolved. And when the offense Very doesn't true. evolve, yep. when you put – and that people, what happened was this. He carried that team, Angelo, as far as he could. And when teams started figuring out, last night Christian McCaffrey was calling plays from his couch. Is that amazing? He had four, they, he goes like this. They call four plays off of variations of yeah. different formations, but they really run four or five plays. I'm like this. What? Yeah. Are you? And, and he's calling it from his couch in Santa Clara. Yeah. And I'm going – that's amazing what I just heard there. And when I see that, this is why Hertz is this. He's doing a nosedive right now, yeah. Angelo, because they're not developing him because they're not evolving. Um, here's what I see, Dan. Um, and I'm becoming part of a minority here in Philadelphia. I still love the guy. I love the talent. I love the intensity. I love the intelligence. I think it's all there for him. I think right now he's a victim of some really awful coaching. He carried the ball last night in the rain, coming off a serious illness that laid him up for three days, 13 times himself, all right? Now, a couple of those were the tush pushes and all those. But you want to give a guy who's your franchise quarterback that kind of abuse. That is malpractice as far as I'm concerned. Dial up some plays that are a little more inventive, a little different. Oh, they have the least amount of motion of any team in the NFL. Why? Because, because basically motion adds sophistication to what you're doing. The complexity. It's so basic. Christian McCaffrey can call the plays when they're at the line of scrimmage. What does that tell you? It tells you there's a coaching void here. There's a problem, a big problem. You should not be able to do that in the National Football League. If you are, then maybe they have to look at the whole organization to find out what's wrong. Somebody in there doesn't know what they're doing. And if it's not Sirianni, then it's the coordinators or it's somebody above them. They got a pro This season, I said it last week. Let me let Nostril Damas say this again. One and done. They're in and out of the playoffs in one game. I guarantee that. I'm guaranteeing it, Danny. One and done, and then man the lifeboats because then they're going to have to deal with the fact that ten and one was bogus, and what you're seeing now is what they are. How involved does the owner get in situations like this behind the scene? <laughs> Very. He, when Doug Peterson was here, he he met with the head coach every Tuesday and gave him feedback from the owner's box on what he was seeing. Whether you believe it or not. Oh, I do. Jeffrey Lurie thinks he is a football sage. He feels he has owned the team for so long that he has absorbed brilliance and that he would like to share it with the organization. So when they win, oh, he will take full credit and he will pontificate on how you build a great organization. And when they lose... He's like the groundhog when he sees the shadow, pokes his head right back onto the under the ground until things are better. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of him. Howie, I'm back and forth on. He's put together a decent roster. 
but they brought in a coach and a coaching staff that is not getting the most out of those players. Is it Howie or is it the owner or is it both? The owner, the owner. It's the owner first. Howie is a yes man to Jeff Lurie. Sirianni is a yes man to Lurie and uh, Howie Roseman. There's a tears, the levels of yes men. And that is not the way you build a great team. You need conflict. You need different opinions. You need to try different things. They don't do that in the Eagles. And they're paying for it right now. In your opinion, do they win the rest of their games on the way out the door? You got you got Giants twice this weekend, Giants. Then you got Kyler Murray in the middle there with mm-hmm. Gannon in there. I don't know what um, that'll look like. And then you finish up in New York. They will finish two and one. They will lose one of the games. Now, it could be that the final game, they've already clinched their spot. They can't move, in which case they'll use none of their regulars. And then they would lose the final game to the Giants. They're going to lose one of the three because that defense is so bad. Even Tommy DeVito can eat him up. Tommy DeVito right now, and he does not have a chicken cutlet in front of him. He's looking at the tape, Danny, and he's drooling. He's drooling. Brian Dable, too. This is before the seven fishes. He's looking at his gun. The seven fishes on Christmas Eve, and then the eighth fish will be the eagles, and I'll eat them on Christmas night. Okay, hang on, hang on here. We 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 do we get a chance to get your presence on Monday then? Dan, I'm retired. I'm available all the time. <laughs> Angelo, I, I, I do I, it. You know what? I have been saying this about this organization since I talked to Doug and Frank, and I, I got it. I want to tell you the story. So when Frank, Frank was like recommending Sirianni. Jeffrey Lurie called him, and then Frank told me, he told him this, don't ever say anything without mentioning the analytics team. And he said this. He goes, listen, on his interview, and I'm paraphrasing here, Angelo, this is the truth. Frank's been on our show 10 times. And he came on our program and said, yeah, how he called me. No, first it was Jeffrey called him first on the trade for Carson, and then he recommended Nick for the job when they were talking to Lincoln Riley. And I, he goes, what did you, I go, what'd you, how'd you prep um, Nick for the job? He goes, always mention Howie Roseman's analytical team. And this is how you say it. Hey, I'm an analytical guy. I work with the analytics department. My coaching staff works hand in hand. This is, we take the Intel that you guys put together because I know you guys do a great job. And then what we do is we build a game plan around it. That's how we got the job. Because right. every guy that comes in there and interviews, this is what you hear. This is why you don't see um, coordinators walking in that place anymore. Because you know why? Coordinators go, I want to run a 34. I run a run a 43. No. That ain't happening with those guys. Hold on a minute. I have one follow-up question. Who's the head of the analytics department on the Eagles? Alec Hallaby. And who's with him? His uh, classmate from Harvard? Yeah. Julian Lurie. Oh, yeah. Um, Lurie. Lurie's son. Yeah. You do the math. Hello? Oh, no, no. I mean, those guys, and get this, I've never seen, and I've looked, and I've tried to look. Do you know that not one person's ever been fired from that analytics department in 14 years? But you guys fire a lot of coaches out of that place and demote guys in season when you're 10 and 3. You know what I would do if I was working with that analytic department today? I'd say, analytically, 
What are the odds if a team has the ball at the eight-yard line, a minute 52 to go, one timeout, and they're using their backup quarterback? What do the analytics suggest on who should win that game? <laughs> and uh, I guarantee it's like 95, 98%, whatever it is, right? And then they didn't win it. So maybe we should ask some questions. Maybe Absolutely. Uh, internally, maybe we ask a few questions. Let me sneak one in on you here. How long do you, if this thing ends in a one and done, like you're predicting, Nostradamus, um, if this does end in one, does that begin the lighting of this room for Nick? Do you think? It doesn't get him fired. You were the first one that brought this up. I heard you say this last week, Dan. If they were to do that, would, would Nick, would the scrutiny go to Nick? Yes. Not now. He's got another year for sure. He made the Super Bowl last year. He's got yeah, absolutely. Really but do it again. Go downhill further. Go next year to nine and eight, something like that. Sayonara. We'll find us a new yes man. Can I make a prediction to you? I would like to hear it, even though your nose is smaller. <laughs> okay. I think it's the camera view, but okay. Thank you very much. I'll say, I'll say this to you. The way that these guys run their organization, it would not shock me. In three years, you're looking at another 411 and one team. Oh, I'm getting too old. I need another <laughs> Super Bowl. What are you doing to me, Soleil? I need one more. Equal to my Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It's uh it doesn't I, I don't have a good feeling about the direction of the organization. And it kills me because the fans in Philadelphia love the Eagles more than the Eagles would ever know. I'm with them. I've been with them on all these book signings. They live. They all want me to write either Go Birds or Bleep Dallas on every one of the things. They love the Eagles. The Eagles are in their hearts, and, and they've got people running the organization who don't respect them. Just tell them the truth. Bacala, Scungil. Scungil. <laughs> I, I got Scungil I, I, I got coming up on uh... – Christmas Eve. I've got Buckala. Let's see here. I, I know we got. We're gonna have stuffed lobsters too. Ooh, um, nice. We'll have Galamad. Yeah, smelts. Those yeah, smelts. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. We gotta have the smelts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We 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 got that too. And see, white folks call it calamari. I call it Galamad. So I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Folks, Thank you. Go to my website, I mean, Angelo. You can order it on my website, AngeloCatali.com. I will get it to you before Christmas, but you should do it in the next 24 hours. Go to the website. And, Dan, I'll see you next week when hey, we may Cindy finally Webster. have a win. Cindy Webster is fantastic. That works yes, with you, too. she is. She is fantastic. By the way, do they lose Sunday or do they no. lose in New York? They win Sunday. Okay. They definitely win Sunday. I'm leaving open the Gannon return and the final game in New York, in New Jersey. <laughs> Thank you, Angelo. Nostradamus has spoken. <laughs> the great Angelo Cataldi. Thank you so much, Angelo. Absolutely fantastic. Make sure you order the book. We appreciate it. Hey, we're going to get our friend Tone on at 530. Look at that, Tone. Angelo Cataldi is the warm-up act for Tone. Okay, Tone, does it get any better than that? Right? Get any better than that?
That's my paisan. Power hour coming up. I can't, hey, I, I can't wait to hear a tone here, man. Angelo, dude, Angelo and I are the only people from day one saw through that guy's bullshit. And when the PR department reached out to me and tried that stuff with me, I knew right there what I was dealing with. You understand that, right? See, when you when you do, like, like Tone knows, I read tea leaves. And I know people, most people in life are like anglers. See, I'm not. I told you, I'm like the, I'm like the Joker in the movie Batman. I don't have a plan. But I know when people are planning shit against me. Okay? I knew from day one. And get this, Angelo and I are the only people in Philadelphia telling the guy doesn't have any say. Hey, Tone, no disrespect. I heard about four or five reporters that went on with Tone and Rob. I swear that Sirianni makes all decisions. There's a guy that's been in the market 50 years. Number one sports talk host of all time, ratings-wise. Ratings, whether you like him or not, doesn't matter. His numbers spoke to it. It just it doesn't make sense. There's a disconnect. There's an absolute disconnect. Hey, <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna leave that there. Because you may have to talk to him again. <laughs> Power hour coming up. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, 
Then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. National Football Show. We appreciate everybody as you guys have come aboard here. And by the way, I know that, look, that was a rough night. It's been a rough week. And I will give you this. Is there a glimmer of hope for you guys because of the way that the schedule and the way that the Cowboys are unreliable? They are unreliable. I do believe they are going to drop a game, okay? It's been, a, I Tone just said, it's been a rough month. It has, but I will say this to you guys. At the end of the day, there is light at the tunnel here. What you can't do and what I wouldn't want happen is that you move out of the two-hole, okay? You, know, you, you, you don't want to move out of the two-hole because Detroit, I still think Detroit's, Detroit's got the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to drop either the Dolphin game or the Lions game. They're they're not going to survive one of those because they can't. It is not who they are. Dallas can't consistently win. Now, I'll say it one more time. Tom was having internet problems, and I'll do this. Here's your only glimmer of hope. You have two. Your schedule favorable, and you got to pray for injuries on other teams. And right now, you are in the part of the schedule where injuries are a massive issue. Ravens just lost a star running back. Um, San Francisco shows you they can't win without all their pieces on the field. I'll tell you this. You lose Brandon Ayuk or Trent Williams, San Francisco's not going anywhere. Okay? Seals, give us the Maloik. No, I can't do the Maloik. Okay. Oh, wait. Well, I'll do the Maloik, but I can't aim it at anybody. Here's the Maloik. Okay. I can't aim that at anybody because it's got deadly ramifications, maniac. Okay. So I have to aim it into space. Okay. I only bring that out when I have to. Okay. Now they're begging for tiebreakers. Spy. They're 10 and 3. They're going to go potentially 13 and 4. You're 13 and 4. You win the East. First team since 2011 to win the East back to back. And if you have injuries, um, yeah, because they can't fix anything. Remember something, too. When you win the Super Bowl in 17, 
Howie didn't fix anything. Doug did. They got a backup quarterback ready. Two experienced coordinators got a backup quarterback ready. You know why? They were backup quarterbacks too. They knew how to handle falls. And the team bought into him. They didn't buy into Howie. They bought into Doug. 80% Howie. I mean, 80% Doug. 20% Howie. For your 17th Super Bowl. Shit, it could be 90-10. 90, Doug. 10, Howie. You lose to the Giants. 95, Doug. 5, Howie. Howie Roseman had very little to do with that Super Bowl. Doug Peterson's the guy. Becoming more clear. You know why? That guy's not winning another Super Bowl the way he runs an organization. Look how close he got to winning it. He still couldn't help himself. Analytics. Then got the doorknobs coached off him. In the second half by a guy he fired. Couldn't have been more poetic. You lost that Super Bowl because of inferior coaching, not because of an inferior roster. He don't get it. It's not about the pony. It's about the jockey. Got to have the jockey take you home. (laughs) Could have the greatest racehorse on the planet. If you don't know where to go, what's the point? Because that's what it comes down to when my friend Tone and all those guys start talking about talent. Hey, talent takes you so far. The jockey takes you home. Coach. Never invest in the horse. Invest in the jockey because he'll take you home. It, it, hey, it was quite a quite an experience last night watching that thing. Quite an experience. I mean, it's been quite a week. Darius Slay, mysterious surgery. Hurts. Illness, demotion of the side, firing of the side. I mean, that game last night was just an ending to a week. It was just an ending. Look at this here. Just, just look at this. He scored 17 points versus a shitty team. You beat him in first downs, third down conversion, total plays, total yards. They outpassed a Drew Locke outplayed Hurts. Hey, let me let me, let me say this to you too. Some folks that are watching the show. 
Like, hey, hey, maniac, remember this. You don't take your frustrations out on me. You should be taking your frustrations out on your shitty way your team is run. Don't get mad at me. But think about that. We got people in here taking shots at me and my takes. It's more important for them to take shots at me than to take shots at what's happening. That's all you need to know. That's why it's not upsetting. They're mad at the messenger here. Because you know what it did? Contradicts themselves. They call me a flip-flopper? How about this? You're wrong. You've been wrong all year. I've been saying this since New England. No, 10 and 1, 10 and 2, 10 and 3. Now you're 10 and 4. God forbid you're 10 and 5. And a backup quarterback goes 92 yards on you. <laughs> Throws a dart in the back of the end zone on a guy you just paid. Here, think about this last series and last play. Okay? A backup quarterback throws a dime in the back of the end zone to a guy you paid $17 million a year to. I don't know about you, man. Okay? Two picks. Outrushed him. More rushing attempts. Time of possession. How'd you lose this thing? Tone said Ringo would be barbecued. Now y'all running when I call that out. Good job. <clears throat> you think Tone is rooting for Ringo to play poorly? You're glad when things like that go the other way as a host. You're not trying to, this is not about being right. Hey, dude, anybody who thinks that I'm happy about being right, that the defense sucks and that the organization is run chaotically behind the scenes. That's not what I'm doing here. I don't, when, you, you, when, when a player fails and you predict that, that's not a good feeling. At least that's in my heart. I don't wish for failure on someone. I just pointed out you're failing because that's what I do. I'm not praying for your failure. Absolutely not. On the other hand, like Devontae is a great example or Lamar Jackson. Great. Congratulations. Fantastic. Prove me wrong. Wonderful. That's not how I do that. That's why I, that's why when a guy like, you see, get this. To, to people's point, and you know, let me make a point to you. And this is for everyone who wants to get into business and tones in the business. But remember this. According to people like um, BJ or LJ, excuse me. He doesn't believe that Skip Bayless should change his opinion on LeBron James not being a clutch player or not being a champion and being a fraud. He thinks he should stick with his takes, which Skip does, and doesn't change his opinion on LeBron. I find that fundamentally wrong. I think LeBron has proven 
to be the second greatest player in the history of the NBA. Maybe the third behind Kareem. But a person like LJ would want me to stick to my guns and still call LeBron a loser. He would call that flip-flop. Even though the player got better and accomplished the things he accomplished, he has more respect for an opinion from Bayless who sticks to those takes and drives those takes home even though they're obnoxious and not true. That's how he looks at sports talk. I don't. I think a player can play himself into trouble and out of trouble. Again, I have opinions on what a player does today. If he gets better tomorrow, like look at look at here. So LJ's opinion is, is that Jalen Hurts is still an MVP candidate. And I shouldn't change that he has not played well. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in what, four or five games? He's still an MVP candidate. Even though he's all of us know he's not. Those kind of fundamental takes don't make sense to me. They just don't make sense. Okay? That just doesn't make sense. So, that's how I look at it. Dude, you hope for people to play well. And then when they don't, like 99.9% of the people that are watching the show that are based in Philly, flip-flop them Carson Wentz. But you know what you do? You'd rather lie that you didn't. I never liked him at all. I never thought he was a good player ever. I thought that guy was really the best. (laughs) When, quite frankly, now that we know what's happened, Carson Wentz got no help from the Eagle organization. They helped. Hey, if they ran Doug out of Tom, they did the same to Wentz. Wentz just wasn't mentally tough enough to overcome it. See, Jalen's going to fight it. Maybe it started when he called people out. I got to tell you, that was probably the most uncomfortable Jalen Hurts I've ever seen. Because you know why? It's the first time he was negative about what was going on around him. And he's not comfortable in that role. So you give him a pass. That's Jalen Hurts' most uncomfortable moment in front of a mic. You know why? Because he doesn't know how to handle that yet. He will. That's part of being a young player. Remember what Boomer Esiason said? When you get the money, you got to learn how to play with the money. You're the only person I watch regularly for sports talk. Keep up the great work, Dan. Wish I could make it 1-6, but I got it. Okay? So, I mean, that was uncomfortable, but that's okay. Jalen Hurts was in an uncomfortable place in front of the microphone yesterday or when he was asked the question. Yeah, yesterday about the practice habits, people not fully committed. 
probably poor choice of words. I find it hard to believe that anyone would walk into a locker room with Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and somebody's dicking around in there and they're not taking it seriously. I find that hard to believe. Maybe what they're doing is they're not personally. I think he was taking a shot at the preparation and he wanted to put everyone in the room and he put the players first. And then that's when he said this and he came out and he goes like this, you know, he mentioned practice. That's coaching. That's why I tune into your takes change and you aren't hard headed. Thank you very much, Shooter. Appreciate it. Okay. I mean, there's no, thank you, Shooter. Some of you get it. Most of you get it. Most of you like to hear your name called. I know that. Most people like to be stroked. You, you don't think I know that? Um, so, yeah, he was uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. Calling people out. Once again, though, here's my, here's my only problem that I have with it. Okay? Here is my only problem that I have with it. And again, I think he's got to learn how to be critical of his teammates and his coaches. And I think that was the first step. Timing. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll make it clear again. Tell A.J. Brown to sit the fuck down. On the sidelines. And then you come to the press and you go, hey, we just had a disagreement. It looked like it got pretty heated. Hey, things get heated. You need to instill your leadership in the game, not on Wednesdays or Tuesdays. Leadership is at the moment when it's needed the most. Not Monday morning quarterback. I better get Tone in here before that internet goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we're silent now, Danny. We're silent now, Big Sills. We're good. I had to uh, make a couple phone calls and, uh, you know, bust someone's balls, but everything's good now. Everything's Speaking good. Speaking of busting balls, I want to hear it. I want to hear what your takeaways are. You know, all right. All right, I'll, st- I'll start with this part, right? When when I speak, right, and again, I'm only going to speak for myself in this regard. When I speak about things, when I speak about certain topics, when it comes to this football team, I'm basing it off of what I'm seeing and how I'm processing it. And do I want the Philadelphia Eagles to blow everybody out? Yeah. Do I want all the players to fulfill their prophecy, fulfill their destiny? Yeah. Do I want all the players to uh, play above and beyond their draft stock? Yeah. Right. But again. We base it off of what we know and what we believe to be true. And if it changes, we follow suit with that. I say that to say the Philadelphia Eagles are who they are, who I thought, who I thought they were. They're fraudulent and they're pretenders. They are not Super Bowl contenders. When did that take place? When did that trans 
formation take place though when it when you're talking about wow they snow jobbed me how long did it take you into the 2023 season for you to come to that conclusion all right so i'll quickly take you through the process um because the record skewed a lot of people's thinking and takes of course of course and i was one of them you you, you heard you heard me all year sills campaigning for this team and you know, ignoring the ignoring the clear flaws. You know, I came in here with the cigar and with the fedora. You know what I mean? I was I was excited about my team as as I rightfully should have been. And the record, if anybody's truthful, including me, it made it hard for us to go. And yeah. even when I was critical, Tone. So I I I, I feel you because I'm like, man, I'm ripping a ten and one team. Shit. Right. And for myself, I'm like. Yeah, things are a little herky-jerky. Things are a little stiff on offense. The defense is up and down, but it'll get better. And, you know, I trust this offense. And, you know, I'm going to trust that Brian Johnson is going to make those strides. I'm going to trust that Nick Sirianni is going to be a better head coach as the, as the season goes. It's a it's a tougher schedule. You know what I mean? You you were thinking about things like that, right? The schedule's tougher, so this is only natural, right? They're, they're going to get better. But then you come across the Chiefs game. And, and they come out so flat out of the bye, not being able to stop the run. But then they still come back and they win the game somehow, some way. So all is forgiven. Then the Bills game, they come out flat again. And they look like they're about to get mollywhopped. But yet the, the late game heroics by Jalen Hurts comes to fruition. The defense makes a play. All is forgiven once again. But then the 49ers game. That was the moment I said to myself, we have real issues. Then the Cowboys game comes. And that's when I said to myself, we don't belong in the same conversation as those teams. And then the Seahawks game comes. And then I say, we don't belong in the playoffs. That's how I feel about this Philadelphia Eagles team. Take what you want with the Eagles fans. Feel how you want to feel. But this is my truth. And the way I see it, the Philadelphia Eagles don't even belong in the playoffs. They don't I think deserve the to be there. Loss is more devastating than the Niners and it's Cowboys more loss. devastating than any loss they've experienced all year. I could care less about the Jets loss. I'd probably the most devastating loss since the Super Bowl. That Seattle Seahawks loss yep. is so devastating because you were better than that team, top to bottom, front to back. And and Pete Carroll Gate did everything to give you that game. He wasted timeouts in the third quarter. Um, he wasted a timeout and, and, and then gave and then gave the uh, Eagles a chance to challenge a play and then made them uh, uh, turn an incomplete pass to a sack. And they gave you so many opportunities to win the game. Jalen Hurts throws the first interception. Defense comes back and, and, and forces a three and out. All you got to do is pretty much run the ball and run the clock down, and then you win the game. But no, that's not what happens. Eagles somehow, some way, turnover on downs. They got to punt the ball. They allowed Drew Locke to drive 90-plus yards. Did you know in that game he had three drives of 80-plus yards? That's freaking amazing. How do you allow Drew Locke to drive three times on you of 80-plus yards? One of them was 90-plus, and that was the game-winning drive. That's and unacceptable. Picked, and then you picked, they picked on James. Did you know James Bradbury in that game? When, when targeting James Bradbury. Here, I got the numbers. Seven for eight. Here, here are the numbers. Six targets, six catches, 112, one touchdown, 40.2 grade. It was listen to this. Listen to this, man. This how this is exactly how bad it was. This is how bad it was for James Bradbury. I almost almost crapped myself. 
Yeah, you're right. Yep. Six targets, six receptions, 112 reception yards and a touchdown. The game when you let a rookie do that to you. And but first of all, since when did James Bradbury become a man corner? You left him without safety help. So again, I look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, the offense. They don't know who they are, who they want to be. The defense, they don't have it just flat out. Coaching didn't coaching didn't change anything. You know what that game solidified? It was the, it was the personnel issues. It doesn't it's matter the who the coordinator is. It's the personnel. Totally. And and, and off and, and you said something really key earlier on, right? You said the one the number one reason coaches get fired is because they're not taking care of their side of the ball. Right? Right? And that's how Dan Quinn got fired in Atlanta. That's how, how Brandon that's how Brandon Staley got fired in San Diego. And when you're not Matt Nagy got fired in Chicago. Matt Nagy got fired in Chicago. When you're not taking care of your side of the ball, Nick, you put yourself at risk, Nick. You put the team at risk, Nick. So I asked, you know, what's so funny. I asked Eagles fans earlier on Sports Take. I said, I said to them, I said, uh, how many years do you guys honestly believe after this season? Uh, Sirianni's been here for three seasons so far. After this year, how many years do you guys believe he has left? You know how many people said one? It's not one. It's two. I, of course not. It's this year. It's, it's this year. Next year, you'll be nine and eight. And when they start losing more, they'll fire him. So beyond this year, you think he has two more years left in his, in his organization? This year, counting one, one okay. more. Then into the middle of the second year, he'll be fired. So you think he'll be fired midway through? Yes. See, I think he'll like be they fired. Did Chip. See, I think he'll be fired in the offseason. So I think he has two years at the most beyond this. You think if but Howie the, has a roster and that team starts out like it did that 4-11-1, you think he'd roll through the tape with him at 4-11-1? Or he would fire him? Because remember something. You know why they let Doug go through the tape? He won a Super Bowl. Mm. Okay? I think if it he depends didn't win a Super on, Bowl, they'd have fired him midseason. I think it depends on who's in the passenger seat. Who's the OC at that time? I think it depends on that as well. Um, but again, you know, I've, I've I've pontificated a lot, and I'm you know, ask away, ask your questions. All right. I'm just going. I'm I'm just going to just let Do it rip. Do you believe what I said to you the other day when I said that there's a grand plan that Brian Johnson's next, and that Frank Reich will be brought in as a special assistant? to Nick and they'll have Patricia, Nick and Frank as your coaches going into the playoffs because they're very underwhelmed with the coordinators mm -hmm. on how they've handled it. And remember something with the connection with Hurts and with Nick and with Frank. The number one tape he watches is Jalen Hurts tape or is uh, Philip Rivers tape. Nick was the wide receiver coach and San Diego for Frank, who was the coordinator. They all worked together in Indianapolis together with Phillip. And maybe you hire your favorite offensive coordinator in Frank Reich, and you put him in the building, and it would be more of an easier transition for Jalen because Jalen has been watching and talking to Frank and Phillip over the last three years. You know, he has conversations with Phillip Rivers once a month. So, I mean – why not bring the guy in 
that he follows the blueprint on how you spread people out in the offensive passing. I mean, do you possibly see that that could be? Because you can't tell me, Tone, you think they only talked about one side of the ball this past Wednesday. No, I don't believe that at all. As a matter of fact, um, to answer your initial question, do I believe Brian Johnson's on the clock? Absolutely. And I'm, will, I'm willing to bet if they throw up a goose egg against against the uh, against the uh, New York Giants, even if they win, even if they win, if and look shitty, if they look if they look shitty on offense, if they put up a twenty point game, if I put it this way, if they don't put up twenty, if they don't put up 23, 24 or more points against against the New York Giants, if they, if they don't put up twenty four or more points and win, he's out. I'm willing to say he's fired. I'm willing to say that. I'm willing to say if Brian Johnson and that offense don't put up 24 or more points. They'll keep him in the building because that's what mm, they do. You're right. They'll they'll keep him in the building. They'll have him folding laundry in the back or something. I don't know. What is, getting, have, what, what is the side doing now? Getting coffee? You know, they're going to you know they're gonna have him sharpening pencils or some shit. I don't know. Did you, you see Sean Decide last credit, night? Do you give credit to Decide, though, like, like Aikman and those guys? Because he did handle himself with professionalism. And you know what? There's a part of me that wants to be very respectful to Sean because I would say this as a player who had him demoted. And if I was on that side of the ball and I felt responsible for that, and I would, that I would feel responsible, I would look at that as a sign of character on his part, but a lack of character. I would have less respect for my organization and more respect for Sean. I was actually about to say... Did you see him last night? Because I did. he, they, they, they panned to him. I counted. I think they panned to him at minimum four times. Do you know how embarrassing they put? What an embarrassing position they put that man in last night. And it's so funny. You, um, I, I'm paying attention to all the guys around him. I'm paying attention to him. He didn't look up not once. He didn't say a sing- on the camera. He didn't say a single word. All the other guys, you know, talking to my pieces, you know, they're doing whatever they're doing, talking, marking stuff down. All you saw was him just on that, on that, on that little Microsoft Surface, writing stuff down, peek up a little bit. He didn't say a word through that microphone. Meanwhile, everyone else is active. Hey, you know, this is what we're seeing. Da-da-da-da. You know what he was doing, right? You know, it's you know what he was doing. He was giving Patricia down a distance, so Matt could make the call. Um, in his ear, he, he, they, they have a connection down there. Somebody hmm. said something, so he would type it in and I'm sure he had somebody that was a spotter for him up top that was conveying third and six, third and 10 so that Matt could have that as they got hmm. to play in. So that's what he was doing. They, he, they relegated him to being a down and distance coach. But uh, to answer your second that's question, completely disrespectful. I have a lot of respect for him. I have a lot of respect for him to be able to sit because because I'll be honest with you. If, if, if oh, I, I would have thrown meetings, that fucking laptop and that desktop. If, I would have thrown that. If I was I in those meetings, handle myself like that. You're not talking to me like that. If I was in those meetings, uh, Sills, Mm-mm. I would have straight up said, "Just fire me, fire yeah. me." What I'm am I here for? Fire I'm not me. That. You 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 think you're going to parade me on television like the fire me? Walk me to my office, give me a cardboard box, walk me to my car, take my key fob, fire me. Because there's no way in hell you're going to have me sitting on TV looking like an asshole. No. There's no way. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's it's parading for Howie. 
It's disrespectful. It, it, but it's it, it. That's a Roseman move. No coaching is right. Hey, can you think of a? Can you think of a gym who did it before? When they fired Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey's not hanging around the coaching booth. Have you ever seen that before? I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I've seen position coaches moved into different roles, but I've never seen coordinators demoted, kept the title. There's a guy calling the plays who doesn't have the title, who's now on the sidelines, who hasn't been on the sidelines all year. I've never seen that. Listen, you know what I think too. Now I'm about to I'm about to, I'm about to go real conspiracy on you. Okay, so, I love so, it. So so I want you to so I want you to follow me here, right? And you know we try our best not to make this show political. We try our best, but follow me here. Do you think Harry Roseman? didn't fire Sean Desai because he knew that if he fired him, he yes. would be fired. He would be firing. Yes. The, the first. Yes. Indian American defensive yes. coordinator. Yes. Instead, he demoted him and moved him around. Yes. To show that he still had the job. Yes. Do you yes. think that was present in his yeah, mind? I when completely. He, remember, PR is everything to this organization. Hey, you saw it last week. Absolutely. PR is everything. He didn't want to fire minority. He didn't want to fire the first Indian American defensive coordinator in the NFL. You didn't want to fire him. You didn't Absolutely. have the balls. Absolutely. Absolutely. If he was white, he'd have canned him. Listen. Mm, I hate even look. I hate even looking at it like that. But I thought not? about, but I thought about it the moment it happened. How, I said so did I. I said, wow. The first they kept him on because he's a minority. They were afraid of the backlash of firing minority because you know why the Rooney Rule, and all the things in the and the, how the how that rule is to me it's a charade. But at the end of the day, there they parade that thing out all the time like it's a factor and it's not. And remember something: there's not a lot of minority position coaches, right? And look, black um black DCs and OCs and head coaches get fired all the time, but the first Indian American. To ever be a DC or to ever be a coordinator, he didn't want that smoke on his belt. He didn't want that. One hundred percent. And again, this is me being conspiracy conspiracy theory tone right now. No, but but I want you guys to think on level ten instead of level eight or nine. Think just no. just remember remember you guys got to keep in mind this isn't just a sport. This isn't just a kids game. It's a TV show. This is a television show. These are corporations and organizations, multi-billion dollar corporations with assets, with merchandise, with connections to major networks that, uh, with, with connections to major networks that dictate programming no. and, and how we process information. Hold, hold on, Tone. Cody, no, I'm not saying Desai is privileged. I'm saying they use no. Desai you understand, as see? a way of showing, hey, we don't believe in firing minority coaches. We believe in hiring him exactly. and elevating him. And so what they're doing is they're using his skin color. If 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 that's cover. Again, if he had the privilege, he would have he would have kept the damn job. But again, hear me out on this, Eagles fans. Think about that. Your company hired the very Careful first zone. You're out on a ledge now. I, I am. I am. I am. I am. And you know what's so funny about this? When I let me not say funny. For me personally, no, it is funny because it's being used that way. I I have such an affinity for the Philadelphia Eagles. I've grown up loving this team since since I can remember. My very first Eagles jersey was a Brian Westbrook jersey. 
I was born in 94, so I didn't start being able to understand the game until I was about six or seven years old. That was the beginning of the Donovan McNabb era and the in the B. Westbrook and the B. Doc era. So again, yes, I'm teetering on a ledge right now. I'm teetering. See, but, Tone, the reason that you the reason that you went down that lane, and it's very simple. White people will never go down that lane because they don't have to deal with that. But when you see something like that, being an African-American minority and fighting for things, you know immediately when someone is using race as cover. And so that's your prism. That's how you see. That's the difference between you and most white people and how they see life. See what I was you in see college. It through a different prism because you have to jump through one more hoop. See, then a white guy does. See, a white guy is going to think you're full of shit. But you see, they don't walk in your shoes. When I was in college, I had to study media beyond just the way we can. I had to study it beyond just um, what they show on television. I had to study symbols. I had to study why we why we think the things we think, why we process things the way we process things. And I had to study um, why um, certain companies, organizations um, put certain people in certain positions why they use certain logos, why they use certain colors, why how our brain processes certain things. And again, Eagles fans, I'm taking you to the business side of it now, not even on the football field. Perception they are side. a multi, they are a multi-billion dollar organization. They care about perception because advertisers perception, do. Perception, public relations is arguably the most important department for a business because how they're perceived means more to who they actually really are. Think about that. Think about how we are in our, in our everyday lives. Think about social media. We parade ourselves around on social media because we want people to perceive us one way. And But in and reality, who are we? Here, Yale's point here. Nobody's saying Desai was doing a great job. No one's saying You kept that. them on, though. That. You're you not thinking hard on. enough. They're not thinking you hard kept, enough. That wasn't your point. The They're point not is hard enough. kept them on for a reason. For not thinking hard enough. For the visual. See, Tone, this is why people take 5% of what somebody says and they'll put a narrative around it and they'll they'll say whatever and they'll come up with something that's totally not true. It's and okay. I've been a victim of this my entire career. It's okay. That's They're not thinking hard like, enough. It's okay. Tone, when you talk race and religion and politics, things that start wars, and you put that into sports – you you walk a fine line because you know what we matter. can do, sales. You know what we can do. We can we can we can talk about something else because I'm making a lot of people uncomfortable. Good. I'm making a lot of people uncomfortable, and I'm, I'm personally I'm personally okay with that. Oh, but I, I also don't. It. But I also don't want to ruin the final 15 minutes of the show. You're not ruining so, anything, dude. Because it's again, I, and I like that kind of talk. I'm approaching it from the perspective of the Philadelphia Eagles trying to protect themselves. Correct. Not showing the side. This see showing the side's job is already gone. No, they don't want to win, Yale. They want to control. What I'm saying is you have to understand when you become the company or whoever to hire the first whatever, you're walking a fine line. You're, you're telling everybody else, we're taking a chance on this person, regardless of how they look. But also, if things go bad, they don't want to be the company that fired them either. You got to think about that. But again, I'll leave it there. Wait, hey. I'll leave it there. Um, this is like a young Sills here, man. I mean, holy no, shit. I, you know? I see. I, I think like this. Uh, 
See, my wife sometimes, she always says I, I, I think a little too hard about things, but sometimes that's a gift and a curse. And I can't deny the first thing I, 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 I thought about when I saw this thing come across, you know, the headlines. Because, again, when you keep someone in the building, I'm like, I've never seen that before. Who, who demotes some, who goes from being the DC to being a clipboard holder and still stay in the building? Who, who has done this? We've seen Ken Dorsey get fired this year. We've seen Matt Canada get fired this year. We've seen coordinators and head coaches get fired mid-season. Who keeps the dude in the building? <laughs> Eagles fans, ask yourself that question. Oh, Tone. Who gonna... keeps the man they fired in the building? Tone. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh, comedy it's comedy young, young grasshopper um it's, yeah. it's comedy. hey yes yes <laughs> come on man yes 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 oh yes i've never got i've gotten fired before they didn't keep me in the building <laughs> oh no they escort me out the building they didn't keep me in the building they walked me to the to the front door and said oh we'll oh, oh we'll get your box for you okay don't worry about it just wait right here <laughs> we'll I'm mail your the... shit. No, come on, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom. We'll mail your shit. All right, let me, let me, let me move over to this. All right, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on, man. Let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Too many people crying. Oh man. How about this? <laughs> what is your now? Fourteen days ago, when you were the number one seed in the NFL, what is your takeaway now with Nick Sirianni as your head football coach? <clears throat> Nick Sirianni is <laughs> Nick Sirianni is what you call. See, here's another leg. Um, Nick Sirianni is what you call uh, a figurehead, right? He's um someone who he signed. <laughs> I put it this way: Nick Sirianni is the guy that puts the check in your mailbox, but he doesn't sign it. You follow me? Yeah. He puts the check in your mailbox, but he doesn't sign it. You know, it doesn't come from his account. You follow me? Oh, so yeah. when I look at Nick Sirianni, I, I said, we talked about this for the past week or so. We said this game is going to be a seminal moment. That was what we said. It was going to be a pivotal moment. And he failed the test. He failed the test. And guess what? It wasn't even the hardest test. The hardest test was the week before. We gave him, he actually had an easier test this week. And he failed. Tone, the game was just an exclamation point on the week. It was an exclamation point on the past three weeks. Okay. But Maybe to your, but to your the point. The whole year. Yes. I'm willing to go that far, too. Because I don't believe he's done enough to evolve this offense, to evolve the quarterback. It's a reason. It's a reason Jalen Hurts has kind of stagnant, has become stagnant. At the Shane Steichen left. Didn't you? Did it? Did earlier in the program I showed you where, because you have always talked about the projection, and the trajectory that this kid was on, like a rocket. He's going like this. So was Shane. So Look fast. Shane fast. fast. Going now. He's eight and six. With with Gardner Minshew, both these guys are going up like this. All of a sudden, Steichen leaves, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden. They stopped evolving the offense. Jalen kept going. All of a sudden, he went as far as he could. Up with them and get this. This is why it's such a dramatic down curve mm -hmm. because they've caught up with him. And you know what they didn't do in Philly? They didn't evolve the offense with him. 
And that's why he's not evolving, Tone. And he's the word regression. The reason that he's regressing is because of the environment around him. Right. It doesn't matter. You you know, people are like, oh, this is Brian Johnson. This is it doesn't matter if Brian Johnson is calling the plays or if it's Sirianni calling the plays. They're telling he I heard you earlier. Man, there were guys wide open. You know why? They're telling him where to throw the ball. What they tried yes. to do was go ahead of his development and force his development by telling him through analytics where to throw the ball. So when Jalen throws the ball on fourth and two, don't you think a guy who's so smart like him knows that? He knows that's a bad high percentage turnover play. You have to know that. That's why my problem with Hertz is get out of that play. Fight mm -hmm. those fuckers on the sidelines. You can't make that throw. I'd rather have you throw it out of bounds than throw that. You have to know that in-game play calling, situational play calling. You have to know that. I don't want to hear about it on a Tuesday apologizing that we're not focused enough. Kid. I said it earlier. You need to make earlier. that call there. Listen, I said it earlier. I said what, what we're seeing right now is we're seeing Jalen Hurts being poisoned by a yes. poor philosophy. And this, you know, this, this offense's philosophy, this organization's philosophy on offense is they wanted to be high power. They wanted to be, uh, they want you, um, you know, gunslinging and 40 plus attempts and 35 plus completions. And, 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 and the thing is though, football games have ebbs and flows. Football games take on an identity and every game does not require you to um, throw 40 plus passes. Why is this organization so hell bent on trying to validate their purchase? You bought it. Be comfortable with what you bought and be comfortable with how what you bought helps you get to your destination. Tone, follow me here. How much equity do you now think Joe Brady has? I'm so glad you brought that up. With, with Josh Allen, when Josh Allen only threw 15 passes and completed seven of them, seven Passes like it's a 1942 game. I'm so Seven glad you brought that completions, up. and they blew out the Cowboys. When he walks off that field, don't you think the next time he gets his game plan like this from Joe Brady, and he looks at it, this guy's got complete conviction in believing that that guy's going to put him in a position, whether it's 35 attempts or two attempts. He has convinced. Don't you think that goes far with a player? So that the player, that's why he's playing like his hair's on fire. Exactly. Because he believes in them. Exactly. And I'll say this, right? You know, just because you have the biggest gun, that don't mean you use it, right? And my point in saying that is, you know, the biggest problem we had with Josh Allen over the past couple of years is what? He's so talented and he knows it. And he believes he has to do everything because he's so talented. And he has, he has to use the full arsenal every single game. Like Jordan. No, no that's not how. Yes, like Jordan. But no, that's not how. In my opinion, you use a franchise quarterback. That's not how you use or maximize the skill set of your franchise quarterback. That's not how you get to the destination. In my opinion, you always want a quarterback with a wide range of skills. That's what you want. But you're not going to use every skill in every game. 
but it's always good to know you have it, right? Because it puts the fear in your guys that you're playing against, too. Exactly. So just because we know Jalen Hurts has this wide range of a dynamic skill set, doesn't mean you have to validate the contract or validate that skill set every single game. It doesn't mean you have to throw for 250, 300 yards every single game with 40-plus attempts and 30-plus completions. Every game does not call for that. Just because you got the most guns and just because you've got the most guns in the locker doesn't mean you got to use them all when you go into battle. You use what's necessary to win that battle, and then when it's wartime, then you break out the big guns. So my point is, with the, how much equity did Joe Brady um, buy, or, or how much equity did he, uh, how, much, how much equity did he uh, earn with uh, Josh Allen? A tremendous amount, because you know he, you know, you know he proved Josh Allen. Allen, you're so talented, but hear me out on this: we don't need your talent every game. You know, we need we need your leadership. We need you to quarterback this team. We need you not to make mistakes. Protect and guess what? The football. And protect the football. And guess what? When it's time for you to um take the take the bazooka out of the tool shed, then we'll let you fire it. But every game, every throw doesn't have to be the doesn't have to be your biggest throw, and I think that's the equity Joe Brady bought you know with that, um, Josh point. Allen. Josh Allen in that game was a decoy. The threat of him just there. The threat of him me. there. Cook went. That guy Cook. I I didn't know went, he was. That he went good. crazy. I mean, he, he, I didn't think he was that good. Either. I, I knew he was okay, but that I, was... I didn't know he was that good. <laughs> right. But guess, guess what? Joe Brady turned Josh Allen into a decoy. Because mm-hmm. you're like, this guy's going to let loose here, man. He's just going to let loose. And the Cowboys were hoping that he would let loose because he throws high turnover plays. Exactly. Okay. And when they didn't, that's when they got rolled. Exactly. And guess what? Harry Roseman and these guys, their mindset is, well, we paid him, so um, we got to get the money. We got get to get our money worth. I, I hate this whole theory that oh because 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 you're paying this guy this means you have to this means you have to always make sure he's a part of the game plan for that day or you have to make sure he gets the most targets or the most looks i don't believe in that i believe in game planning for the situation i'll put it this way i believe in making sure i have what i need when i need it uh for any situation right so for example i believe in paying a guy like aj brown I believe in drafting a guy like uh, Devontae Smith. I believe in paying a guy like Dallas Goddard. You want to know why? Because when I need those kind of guys, they're going to be able to make those plays. You know how many teams, um, uh, when they need it, they don't have it? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, you paid A.J. Brown. You paid Dallas Goddard. You drafted Devontae Smith. You paid Jalen Hurts. But just because you allocated those assets to those guys doesn't mean that they have to be your end-all, be-all for every situation, in my opinion. You know, it's called game planning. It's called being creative. It's called using your guys to the best of their ability and also utilizing your entire offense and making your entire offense dangerous. They oh. keep their, you know what their game plan is? AJ Brown or bust, Devontae Smith or bust. That's their no, game they plan. They don't have a game plan, they have a play sheet. Now, think about what I just said. A game plan was Joe Brady, a play sheet is what Jalen works off of. Stills, real quick. There's a there's a difference. Real quick, live chat, live chat, live chat. I, I I need I need your help on this one, right? I know all of you guys have played Madden. Follow me here. I know all of you guys have played Madden. In Madden, you're able to pick your plays based off of formation, play type, concept, or player. You know what the Philadelphia Eagles do? They don't they don't pick they don't pick their plays off of formation. No, they don't pick it off a concept. No, nope. they pick it off a player. 
they click the button that says they picked the, they click the button that says AJ Brown plays and they just pick whatever play they want in the AJ Brown roll sheet. Now, Eagles fans, fans in the live chat, tell me if you know what I'm talking about. Because again, they're not picking, they're not being creative with the formations, they're not being creative with the play sheet. They're just saying they're going to the AJ Brown tab on the iPad and saying, okay, let's run all the AJ Brown plays. Let's run all let's run all the Devontae Smith plays. That's what they're doing. They're playing football like a 10-year-old in Madden. They're playing football or calling plays like a 10-year-old in Madden. The only thing creative at the Novacare Center is that thing that uh, Chip Kelly brought in. What was that, Lolly? What was that ice cream cone? That's the only thing creative over at that at that at that place. So let me let me let me go here with you on this. Do they beat the Do they beat the Giants? Holy cow! Remember this, Brian Dable. Brian Dable will be the OC going against that defense. Can Can you give me till Friday? Can you give me till Friday? <laughs> yeah. How about this? Are you feeling comfortable? You're going to win. Can you give me till Friday? Yeah, yeah. I guess I can. <laughs> can you give it till Friday, please? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I can, I can. Hang on here now. What do you, what do you make a AJ Brown? What do you make a, a or To Brown going off on social media with, with people and trying to validate himself or what have you? I think he's, I think he's another one. I mean, I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. Um, you know, just because people say certain things about you in the media. That doesn't mean that it's true, or the, or, or or let's just let's just say oh, fans really because because, because that's because <laughs> he's talking about fans right or whatever just Heck because God. just because uh, a fan says this or that that doesn't mean they know you or know you from a can of paint you say it all the time you say look people can free what they want they don't know me my friends know me the people around me know me the people that put in the work with me know me right you know they don't know so like it's so my thing is AJ need to AJ need to chill and I like AJ Brown. I'm an AJ Brown dude, but he got to chill. Your team is losing. Your team is on a three game losing streak. Do not put yourself in that line, like my man. <laughs> do not do that. But you're already done so. So again, AJ need to fall back. I mean that, and I, and again, I'm an AJ dude, but he got to fall back, man. Not a good look. Poor timing. Um, just, he he just he just appears to be tone deaf. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, all right, so. You've been in a pretty bad mood for about three and a half weeks, dog. I got to tell about you. About a month. Yeah, yeah something I, like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you, about you, a month. There's something about it, man. It's just been like, to get this. It's like a jilted lover. Like, like some chick just like you found out she's got like a separate burner phone or something. And you found out. <laughs> and you're like this. What the hell is going on? Who's Junior? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's no, it's um, it's um, no, it's not junior. It's the um, it's the it, it's 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 labeled uh, Na Miss uh Na Na it's it's labeled Napa, Napa, <laughs> Napa warehouse, yeah. Oh, Na yeah, Napa car parts, yeah, right? Why do you Wal keep why, why, why do you keep now. calling? Why do you keep calling Napa car parts? I don't get it. How, how come Wawa calls you at night at 12 30? What's going yeah. on? I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Like, why are you getting why are you getting muffler deliveries at midnight? Because <laughs> no, the pipe's coming. 
<laughs> hey, you oh want to hear, though? God. I'm going to end this thing on a good note. You know what's crazy, though, Tone? What's up? If they do get their shit together, and I'm saying the only reason they get their shit together is because of one, okay? I say this. You end up 13-4. and four, You win the East. You're in the two-hole. Oh, hey, wait a minute. Will you see his face, folks? Watch this. Hey, and you end the you end the <laughs> you end the you end the season thirteen and four. You're twenty seven and seven, and you you go home after you know getting bounced no, in the divisional no. round. Listen, listen. Isn't that a good year for you? No, no. Thir- <laughs> thir- thirteen and four never looks so ugly. Thirteen no, and no, four. No, but twenty seven and seven in the last two years, you get bounced in the opening round. Listen, man, that's good for contract negotiations. That's not, <laughs> that's not, that's that's not good for us who spend our hard-earned money on this team to go to these games, buy the merchandise, support these teams, all that, so on and so forth. Nah, I ain't buying that, man. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not being sympathetic to guys that's crying Ferraris and crying in Bentleys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being sympathetic. At the end of the day, you owe us. You owe us. You owe us. Okay. All right. With that being said, my man, Tone, I'm glad that we finally got you on and you got that um, Wi-Fi fix. So Tone will be on in his normal spot tomorrow. Man. By the way, I'm trying a new kid out tomorrow. His, um, his name is X. He's hmm. a social media guy, and he's okay. reached out to me. And I'm going to try to get him on. And also, uh, Ron Jaworski's tomorrow. Hey, sounds so good to me, you, man. this kid, and Ron Jaworski tomorrow. So... Okay. I'm always looking to help people try to get ahead. So I'm like, I'm gonna hey, see listen, man, that's dope, man. Listen, uh, we uh, this 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 was like a a power segment. I, I I like the way the segment went, man. But again, sometimes we can make people a little uncomfortable. Hey, hey Tone, them. that's the whole thing, dude. Doing cookie cutter radio is not anything or broadcasting is nothing I've ever done. Yeah. I'll be honest, Angela. That's put why the I'm always getting in trouble. <laughs> I'll be honest, Angela put the battery in my back earlier. Angela, <laughs> Angela was like, listen. Dude. If I can't say my opinion, why the hell am I talking? Hey, how come Angelo and us are the only people in Philly that don't buy what they're shoveling at the Novacare Center? It's really disappointing. You know what I heard D Gun today? D Gun, I'll throw D Gun in that room. D Gun's not buying their bullshit either. No, he's not. He's not he buying not. that either. D Gun's not buying it. He wasn't mm-hmm. buying it either. Okay. So I'm not gonna yeah. put the gun in that thing. Yeah, me and Rob was talking all week. Rob, Rob was like, "No, nah, something's not right." He knew he, Rob wasn't buying it either. I get Rob. I get Rob okay. that love too. Okay. Yeah, like, me and Rob, we've been dissecting it all week and we talking off camera. Rob, maybe not even buying. Jody too. You know, I'll tell you, no, you Jody. Jody has no allegiance. Hey, Jody. <laughs> I'll tell you who had a great week. John. John. Yes. I heard John on. I, I watched a little bit of thing on Sunday when that news broke. John cut right into it. Last night he I'll he give cut, it to him. He, he cut it to him last night too. Yeah, he, man. Okay, Tone, uh, Big Joe and Xander, thank you, Tone. You're killing it once again, Tone. We're gonna get you in a good mood, man. How about this? <laughs> One thing I've got to say about Tony, hey, hey, hey listen, I I don't need you guys to give me in a good mood. I'll I'll lead it to my wife, so you guys are good. <laughs> very good. That very very nicely put too. And I'll I'll say this to you about Tommy DeVito, Tommy. In about two months from now, on those appearances. You'll be glad to get the five pies. 25 grand, kid? You might want to reevaluate that, okay? Four months ago, you'd grab the five pies as your appearance fee, okay? 
Now he's talking about 25 grand. Come on, kid. You're gonna be you're gonna be back to grabbing the pies in three months. Silly. He's silly, <laughs> Two to man. six tomorrow. We shall catch you on the flip side later. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Shop, have a beer. Christmas shopping shouldn't be hard. Give your friends a Hooters gift card. This year, stuff their stockings and yours, too, with a one-size-fits-all gift card. Buy a $25 Hooters gift card and receive a $5 Santa's bonus card. Make it Hooters for the holidays. Eat chicken wings, buy Hooters things. Christmas is near. Gift cards are here. Good at Hooters everywhere now. Hooters gifts are always favored. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.